Real Bad is part of the Cage Club Podcast Network. If you want to explore more podcasts about movies and nostalgia, head over to cageclub.me and check out some of our friends. Hello there, Nick Jenkins, jumping in at the beginning to take care of some business, as they say. First of all, I wanted to thank Carly B. and the podcast I Love It for being Patreon supporters. If you'd like to support this podcast as well, you can go to patreon.com slash realbadpod and check out some of our rewards. Also, this is the second episode of our Halloween spooktacular, and it's on a television show. There's a lot of plot to cover, so apologies if we seem a little scattered, for lack of a better word. But enough about that. On with the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Real Bad, the podcast where we talk about real bad movies and why they want to hurt us. I am your host, Nick Jenkins. Today I'm joined by three friends. First, Marianne Fernandez-Silva. Hello. Hi. Sam Schultz. Hello. And Matthew Gatos. Hi. And today we're not talking about a movie. We're we're talking about a series, which is um, interesting, and we're going to decide whether or not it's good or bad overall, but mostly this is to help us finish out the Evil Dead franchise, at least as far as it relates to Ash, because we're not going to be talking about the 2000, was it 13 mm-hmm. uh, remake, which I actually quite like. Uh, so yeah, we're talking about three seasons of Ash versus Evil Dead. For some of us, this was fun in parts, and for others of us, this was fun in no parts. Um, <laughs> and I, 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 I was not shocked when I found out how this went down. But <laughs> before we get too far into this, there are three seasons, and they're actually pretty easy to get through, in my opinion, for a television show. Um, and this was on Stars from 2015, roughly, to 2018, because there's only three seasons. Yeah. And uh, each episode is about a half hour long, and there's only 10 episodes per season. Mm -hmm. Uh, The seasons sort of have overall arcs, so it's not, you know, an anthology type thing, which is great. That's what I like out of a television series. And um, yeah, I mean, that pretty much it picks up uh, a few years after Army of Darkness. But before we get too far into that, we need to do some really weird 60 second plot dumps and since i am the 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 this is my podcast you're gonna do all three of them great <laughs> yeah thank you nick for ju- diving on this uh, grenade awesome i have to say i've watched this show in its entirety i've watched season one and season two probably three times through wow. so you'll be very oh, so well, you're well uh, skilled to do yeah. all three yeah. great thanks and uh and then i watched season three when it aired and immediately when it was done canceled my star subscription <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, I need to cancel my free trial. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I got the free trial for this, and then it, it was and immediately canceled it. And then I had to rewatch season three for this. So mm-hmm. I've only seen it two times through. You had to buy the DVDs. I did. I bought oh, the Blu-rays boy. so everybody could see season three, and mm-hmm. I gave Sam my digital digital download. download. <laughs> now it'll be haunt me for the rest of my life. Yeah, <laughs> I know you. Well, we'll talk about that. In just <laughs> uh, so each one of you is going to do one season, and we're going to do them. Uh, three in a row, okay. just so we can get them out of the way, and then we'll talk about this thing as seasons. So, first, we're just going to go left to right. Marianne, you're going to start with season one. Yay! <laughs> also, that's probably the easiest season. Yeah, that's fair. I yeah, I'm glad I'm not Sam. <laughs> no, season I'm two gl- is no. What is, season three is the worst. What's going on here? Oh no, I get season two. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Yeah. So I'm saying you're fine. <laughs> yeah. I'm saying Matt's uh, Matt's the one that like Matt's going to have, have trouble. Matt's going to only talk for five seconds. That too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> then shit happens. Then okay. Then that's the show. Yeah. <laughs> Ash okay. shows up and then shit happens. I mean, and literally in one episode. Uh, um. So okay, <laughs> season one of Ash versus Evil Dead. Marianne, are you ready? Uh, sure. Okay. In three, two, one. So Ash gets super high with a woman and reads from the book 30 years after, I guess, whatever, who cares, um, and wakes up all of the deadites and then they come after him. And then he and his friend, um, I forget his name. Who cares? Pablo. Pablo, thank you, <laughs> from the supermarket or whatever that place is called. And their other co-worker. Kelly. N- Kelly, thank you. <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> um decide to like tackle the situation or whatever and figure out what's how to resolve the situation once and for all they end up talking to a strange like clerk guy that tells them to bury it underneath where it was found so they go back to the cabin meanwhile lucy lawless uh aka ruby aka someone else um is tracking them down because she's trying to help it end it and the burying it is not the way to do it turns out she was the wife of the person or entity and was of the all the bad stuff and is trying to raise her evil demonic children which she succeeds in doing and (laughs) in the end uh she offers ash a deal to let her win but he will be fine and so will his two friends and he in the most perfect character thing ever accepts it the end oh and they end up in pensacola or jacksonville jacksonville Jacksonville. wait point of order real quick (laughs) she wanted to she wasn't gonna like destroy the world or anything no she was just raising her children she was just bringing them back but she also was kind of against the demons because they're being controlled by the book and they don't like to be controlled by the book is that kind of what it was Mm, no i think she just she just wanted everything in balance right the demons don't really like her that much. she wants to control the demons which are her children ruby betrayed the 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 dark ones other dark yeah she's a dark one but that's not different than being a demon no no no. it was they mentioned it it was in season one yeah Yeah, it was it was it was a a thing in season one because she says i wrote this book right in season one correct but she doesn't say that she wrote it because she betrayed the dark oh no 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 that happens later yeah, I did not reference that on purpose. Yeah, but she wrote it to tap so into evil energy. I didn't, and then they don't. Okay, I'll just do my season. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I don't understand the show at all. But <laughs> <laughs> okay, season two of Ash versus Evil Dead picks up with them in Jacksonville. They're in Jacksonville. Okay, in three, two, one, go. Okay, they're in Jacksonville. Ash, Kelly, and Pablo. They run like a bar or something. But then one day the Deadites find them and <clears throat> try to kill them and then ruby calls and says hey i screwed up the demons are out of my control will you come help me so they go back to uh, ash's hometown of elk grove where everybody hates him because they think he's a serial killer because he killed all those people in the cabin all those years ago um he re he meets one of his old girlfriends named linda they kind of have a thing her husband's the sheriff he hates ash um, Ash's car turns evil, kills a bunch of people. Ash meets his dad, but then his dad gets killed by the car. The car <laughs> turns into a portal to hell, and this demon named Ball, who is Lucy Lawless's husband or something, comes out. He can turn to other people. He tricks everybody for a while. He makes Ash think he's crazy and puts him in an insane asylum where he's going to brainwash him to be his minion. Ash breaks out of that. They kill Ball. And then Ash, in killing Ball, Pablo dies. Ash goes back in time to try to save Pablo, <laughs> and he 
stops the events of Evil Dead from happening? Question mark. Then goes back to the future. Everybody thinks he's a hero for some reason. <laughs> That's a big question mark. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot. The, by the time you get to the end of that one, there's a lot of question marks of like, wait, what happened? Just the last scene is like, yeah, why? And then in the next season, he's like, I went back in time and came back, but nothing really seemed to change. And then it never reveals that anything changed. Yeah. It just is like, ah, nothing yeah. changed. Literally, Pablo being alive is the, is only, the only thing. Yeah. Difference. Yeah. Weird. We, we need to talk more about that. Yeah. We'll get to it. Because they can't stop killing well, Pablo. <laughs> Ruby not being the same Ruby. That's about it. Oh, mm. yeah. Oh, yeah. Ruby dies and gets replaced by bad by, by, by 80s Ruby. By 80s, 80s Ruby. Ruby. Who who also who's still ends evil. Up, and she ends up back in who the Who was there the too. whole time and you just didn't know it. Mm. What? She wasn't there the whole time. Was she? Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Moving okay. on. That's not the I part. also like that in, we haven't mentioned like so much yeah that oh, yeah. is like happening at these that like I skipped my whole favorite at few episodes <laughs> <laughs> All right. oh yeah we didn't even talk about the asylum and... yeah I did I did a you little did bit you? yeah okay I skipped the whole brujo part which oh, was my favorite Pablo gets, Pablo gets bound to the book that's important to know too. yeah that yeah. is important. important to know well yeah well, Pablo is a descendant of the brujos and then also bound to the, bound to the book well, well we, okay. set, we set Matt, Matt up for yes. success, success we'll talk about I mean that, kinda <laughs> okay I would have also forgotten the brujo part but that's very important to all of the seasons yeah <laughs> alright you ready yeah season three there's a lot of just facts that are gonna be shouted at you <laughs> <laughs> three two one so they're back in Elk Grove now Ash has opened a hardware store which apparently used to be his father's uh, out in front Pablo has opened a fish and chips with which is his fish taco slash computer repair place. This is unimportant. I mean, yeah. it's very good, though. Uh, you're blowing it. Uh, Kelly may be left. We don't know. She comes back immediately. Uh, Ash finds out he has a wife and daughter, but the wife gets immediately killed and is completely useless. So this whole season's pretty much about him taking care of his daughter, who kind of hates him. Uh, Ruby is now posing as the guidance counselor at his daughter's school, which is the main crux of the whole season, as they have to fight Ruby. The Knights of Sumeria show up to help them fight the evil. There's a rift. They go to the afterlife. They have to come back from the afterlife. It's all surprisingly easy for them. Um, at the end of the season, uh, there is a big giant hell beast thing that looks like it's out of Stranger Things and that attacks the city and the world, I guess. And the army is trying to fight it. Ash stays behind to try and defeat it. He, uh, yeah, timer. Uh, <laughs> this is the most important part of the, the, the whole show, though, I guess. Uh, but the, mm. he kills the giant beast. It falls on top of him while he's in a tank. And then it cuts to black. And then Ash wakes up in the future. Uh, we don't know when. We don't know what's happened because he sees a robot lady and she says, I'll explain it on the way. Then the show got canceled. <laughs> they get up in a, they get into his Mad Max version of his uh, car and they drive off into the sunset uh-huh. and into cancellation. Yeah. Well, they knew they were canceled way before that. I would then. hope okay. so because yeah. I don't think they had any plans beyond that no. scene. Yeah. No, they, they didn't. Okay. So here, Wolf. I want to start this off by saying... Season two especially, but seasons one and two are honestly some of my favorite TV shows I've ever seen. Like, I really enjoyed seasons one and two. Um, and I know that not everybody felt that way, because Marianne's giving me a look right now. <laughs> <laughs> We've got plenty of time to dive yeah. in with a look. I just kind of judge how much TV you've seen. <laughs> now, that could be, I used to watch a lot of TV, and then Walking Dead broke me, uh, and I, I just decided, I'm, I'm done. Oh, that first season of Walking Dead was so good. No, but it was. that fifth season is not good. No, the fifth season is when I walked out. Same. What are they on now? 
eight? Twelve. Jesus. I think they're on eight. Oh. Seven or eight, yeah. Yeah, seven or eight. We're not talking about Walking Dead. Yeah. But, but um, so anyway, I enjoy a lot of this. Not all of it. And I'm aware that... Um, I'm aware that it has problems, but I also, there's something about it that I just really, really enjoy in those first two seasons. I, I fucking really don't like season three at all. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, Sam, what did you think overall? I agree with you pretty much. The first episode of the show is fucking awful and I hate it, but <laughs> it's the only one directed by Sam Raimi. Is it really? Which is yeah. so weird. <laughs> it's so bad. It's, it's not great. It's so, it's, I think the problem is that it's such a leap to have Ash be like a sex pervert drunk. Cause that's not what he was when he, in the older shows. No, he was just a braggart. Yeah. yeah. He's like slightly like there's some slight moments of like misogyny in, yeah. in like army of darkness, especially they started giving me some sugar. sugar. Yeah. 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 But like this is, yeah, this is a whole other yeah. level. And, and I, I suppose maybe they try to play it. Like it could have been played off as some kind of PTSD or just like, that was how he was dealing with all the stuff he saw, but that is not something that they follow up on at all. He just that's just how he is and always seemed to be in high school too. Which to me was like that was the hardest mental thing to get over was that I wasn't looking at Ash in my heart, mm-hmm. at least. Um No, season- it feels like a totally different character. But yeah. that being said, Evil Dead 1 and Evil Dead 2 feel like two totally different characters. Yeah. Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness feel like two totally different characters. Uh, I would uh, say I feel like the stretch is more between like Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness. Uh, like, yeah, I would agree. He seems like yeah. he's like he's snapped by the point of Army of Darkness because it's still like the same day for him. So I can understand why by that point he'd be very crabby. But like when he has sex with the lady back in time, that's like he loved Linda like 10 hours ago and had mm-hmm. to chop her up with a chainsaw. So that's maybe where the seeds of that came from. Um, but I loved season one and two. I liked that they were like, these really effective mini horror movies that were like, this is what Evil Dead would be like if it was in a truck stop. Mm-hmm. This is what Evil Dead would be like if it was in a, a cult bookstore. And like the <laughs> the demon design, especially of the bad guy in the first season, was mm-hmm. really cool. Oh the yeah, guy who took over, one. who took over. What's her name? Uh, Kelly. Kelly. <laughs> yeah, Kelly. It's a, it, it, you couldn't find a more generic name. <laughs> yeah, like Kelly. Yeah, and Ruby and Pablo. Uh, Ruby. All, Ruby's not too bad. Like I, the names, the name does not fit the character. I don't think. But hmm. that, um, yeah. I anytime they're like, it's Ruby. Ruby. I'm like, that's not a very menacing <laughs> not scary name. at all. <laughs> yeah. If it's the character, if you've ever seen the first three seasons of Supernatural, have uh, not. Okay. Oh yeah, it's the exact same character archetype. Yeah, you're oh, right. Good. <laughs> Named Ruby too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh good. So they stole from multiple TV shows, that's not just Stranger Things. Yeah. Yeah. That one's been going on for like. 13 years so yeah, yeah. yeah. it's not a good show <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> the first you many seasons get, were amazing yeah. and I, that, i'm not saying it's a bad show no I'm we're just, talking about uh, ash versus evil dead yeah now, so. a, okay and so, i liked season one f- fine it seemed a little aimless to me and well, then that, season two when he find when they go to his home that first episode it was like ah the show is kind of gelled together into something there were still problems with it like i really didn't like chet at all, um, <laughs> which is my favorite. Yeah, <laughs> we found out Nick likes Chet a lot, and mm-hmm. the rest of us hate Chet mm-hmm. a lot. I liked Chet at first, but he overstayed his welcome a little bit, I think. And when yeah. they got rid of him, I was like, "No, <laughs> Chet!" Uh, uh, so, yeah, when they got rid of other characters, I was like, "No." Yeah, like the cop lady from the first season. Oh yeah, who I didn't even mention. Yeah, I think she, she was, was great. Um, and then the Amanda third Fisher? season. So the second mm-hmm. season's fun 
Ball's kind of boring, I think. He doesn't look cool. He's just a dude in a suit. But I like his scheme. I like him like, tricking Ash and all that plot. And I love the episodes where his car turns evil because those are just so, so brutal. Mm. And they're so like disgusting and legitimately scary. And then season three, the, it's just garbage. It's uh, I like his daughter in that I like that there's somebody who's taking death a little bit more realistically. Mm-hmm. But it just feels kind of more... It's more emotional and somehow more mean-spirited at the same time. Like the episode where the evil Ash, which was, we'll talk about that probably later. Yeah, we were. Is which chopping. evil Ash are you talking about? I didn't like remember that there were two evil, at least two, two evil Ashes yeah. until There's I was one reading. in every season. Yeah. Who's in the first season? What? No. Yeah. yeah. In the house, there's an evil Ash that kills the- That's who kills Fisher. Fisher. Oh, uh-huh. In and the then, second season, who's evil Ash? Yeah, that's there's what I meant to say. Ba- oh, uh, Ash turns himself evil. What kind of? No, no, no. No, there's one in the cabin, right? Is that first season? That's the first first season. season. No, the second season, season? Ball turns into, because they have that fight where he's like, then I know you've got a bum knee, and I know you've got... No, that's that's in the first season. Yeah. That's That's season season one? Well, there's at least two evil Ashes in this. And in season two, Ash himself turns evil briefly. There are too many. (laughs) Yeah. Doppelganger. Well, there's also in season three... Uh, birthed from Ruby yes. at Evil Ash. Yeah. That, is, that is this Evil Ash. Yeah, I would, three. No, There's he was like talking about one. when no. Ash turns evil. I was talking about the Evil Ash. Oh. That's would, season two. We'll this has been a very else. confusing <laughs> Sorry. 30 seconds for everyone listening. Yes. Yes. We'll let everybody else get to what they think about it first. Season two, one and two, good. Season three, very bad. Except the last episode I thought was good. And I thought that was when Ash crystallized back into who he kind of was in <clears throat> the older movies a little bit. Mm-hmm. Because he was kind of like noble and dumb at the same time. And he like, just wasn't as creepy or something for the last episode. And I would have liked to see a more gradual transition of him back to who he was, hmm. if that makes sense. But that's what I thought. Continuity is not the strength of the Evil Dead franchise. No. And the fact that, that Linda disappeared between seasons took me out of it so harshly that I couldn't get back into it. I, I felt think. really bad because it took me to like the fourth episode for me to go. Wait a minute. <laughs> Where's Linda? <laughs> one of she was one of my favorite characters from season two, and then yeah. she's just gone. Yeah, and I I really liked her, and she's she's just gone. And there's stuff you could explore with her, with her whole family dying, yeah. and her being alive. One of the few characters who lives through anything. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah but yeah. it's just like okay, Matt. What was your experience like? Um. Yeah, I had the same thoughts about the first episode. I thought it was garbage, and it took me like two or three watches to even get through it because I had like the first fifteen minutes is just I. It's the least inviting ten fifteen minutes of TV I've yeah. ever seen. You know, I think that happened to me too. I think I mm-hmm. stopped watching it for a little bit. Like it opens up it. with like a random sex scene in a bathroom, and then mm-hmm. like getting stoned and like having a drug trip, and I'm like, none of this feels like Evil Dead to yeah. me. Like yeah. none of it felt Evil Dead. And like, look, the rest of the episode gets a little better as it mm-hmm. goes on, but that first fifteen minutes was very, very rough. Yeah. Um, I think I also agree that like season three is my least favorite, but maybe for a different reason that I feel like season three had the most potential in some of the things it planted, and then went nowhere with them. Like, I really like the idea of Brandy, like Ash's daughter, mm-hmm. and the potential for that character and what it could be, and they just like. I think they like with a lot of characters and a lot of storylines in this show what they do is they introduce something 
they immediately do what they had in mind for that character or that arc and they don't know what to do with it. So they Mm -hmm. either kill a person off or they just make them do the same thing every episode. That especially in the third season, I think, was. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, for me, it was like, in, you introduce, he has a wife and a daughter, and it's like, oh, holy crap. Yeah. Like, this is a little ham-fisted that you're just throwing this in here. The way they introduced but, the wife was so confusing, because I thought it was yes. a, a time travel thing. And she was like, I've been your wife the whole time. Yeah. But yeah. they Same. just got married. That would have been great. Right? Way, yeah. That would have yeah. made a lot more sense. The way but, she yeah. explained it was so confusing. She oh, was we like, got married I'm one day wife. in Branson <laughs> 30 years ago. You yeah. don't remember. You don't say, I'm your wife in that situation. Yeah, no. Think. Yeah, yeah no. no, not at all. Uh, but yeah, so like they introduce the wife, and the only reason they introduce her is so that they can introduce his daughter. And so what do they do? They kill her off right away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the daughter, they introduce her, and then just ha- kind of have her stall. They literally like leave her in a trailer for a lot of the third season. They yeah. leave her everywhere all yeah. the time. Yeah. yeah, that was my other biggest issue with the third season is that why do you constantly need to separate our heroes? Like, throughout the entire third season, they just make up shit to keep, like, right. Pablo out of the events that are happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they'll just cut back to him, and he's just hanging out at the house doing nothing. Or looking through the book, seeing the thing that's happening. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. so it, they only do that so that the person then has to swoop in and save them or because they're like, well, we need to put them in danger. But if there's four of them, they wouldn't be in enough, not danger. enough danger. Yeah. yeah. Which is, yeah. I think that's... Season three had potential, but is the sloppiest of the seasons yeah. and just misses the mark in a lot of story. Yeah. And it things. doesn't do the thing that the other seasons do where it sets up the place and then like the carnage unfolds in that place. Or like mm. you introduce the new characters for this episode. Or it did it one time. For the prom one? Kind mm, of. Well, okay, two times then. But the op- the w- first one in the school. Yeah. Just because you have yeah. the, because like there are some good ideas there. Matt oh, was yeah. talking about this at one point, like. The idea of the uh, the school mascot, mascot mm-hmm. is, is creepy as yeah. hell. And he was creepy yeah. when all the blood was pouring yeah. out of him and pulling around him. Well, because mm-hmm. he doesn't, you know, there's no, he doesn't, he's like Michael Myers. There's yeah. nothing there. Yeah. And so it's, yeah. You know? Yeah, no, he's very creepy. <laughs> and I also, like, one of my favorite things overall is that car, like in yeah. season two. Like, the possessed car is so incredibly well done. Yeah. And those scenes are, like, legitimately terrifying. out of it. Oh, yeah. 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 And, and the sound design's good. Like, yeah. That's like I think the maybe the peak of the whole show is mm-hmm. this like the episodes with the, the possessed yeah. car. As a person who likes this more than anybody in this room, I will agree with you. <laughs> I think that was its peak. Yeah. Whereas like I think there's for me, I kind of look at it as like I don't love seasons one and two. And I think I see the potential in season three, and so it kind of like they all balance out in my head a lot. I really dislike the asylum episodes in season two. Uh-huh. Uh, I just don't like that as a storytelling like trope mm-hmm. of like mm-hmm. let's convince our hero and try to convince the audience that this has all been a dream. And it's like I know you're not going to do that with thirty years of material. Just like throw it all aside and say, oh yeah, no, it was all fake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Buffy did it. Uh, well, I, I haven't seen Buffy, and there wasn't thirty years of material. Oh, that's a good away. point. Mm-hmm. Um, Ten. <laughs> but the uh, for me, the not only was Ash kind of just a horrible person for most of the time, mm-hmm. but they also reward his bad behavior so many times mm-hmm. that I don't feel like they always know he's a bad person. Hmm. Which, like, a lot of shows do that with, like, the anti-hero who gets his comeuppance. And the only way Ash gets his comeuppance is when he's dumb and messes something up. Yeah. But everyone around him loves him. Mm-hmm. And he, in the first season, for some reason, Amanda Fisher, the cop, falls in love with him. And then, of course, immediately has to die because they don't know what to do with that story. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. in the second season, uh, we were talking about Linda earlier, who's a great character, but... 
for some reason, they decide to make her leave her husband for Ash in this grand scene that makes very little sense. I did not get the impression that she was leaving her husband. Oh, she said, we're done. We're over. And then everyone else was like, yeah, whoa, dude, but no, I'm she left sorry. you for Ashy Slashy. I, I didn't mean, uh, sorry, I didn't mean that leaving her husband because, yeah, well, he, he also pointed a gun at her. Um, and right. hit her, I think, right? It wasn't necessarily for <clears throat> Ash. She That's left her the husband thing. Right. I don't and then f- went to Ash. But like but a no, day later. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I don't even think they're um, like, she didn't even go to, she just teamed up with them. Don't is, they kiss at some point? They kiss at the very end, but the very end feels like something yeah. a, a different. They've shot yeah. that way later. Or yeah. But mm-hmm. but anyway, yeah, that's so it just kind of plays into that sort of like he's a shitty person person, and they just reward that repeatedly. <clears throat> like he sh- like I don't understand the Amanda falling in love with him thing at all. Mm-hmm. Like there is they have like three scenes together in the entire first season, and they're immediate. Like it all it comes across as Ash being creepy and flirting with this much younger woman yeah and then the like it she doesn't reciprocate at all for most of those things and see then, that's the problem i have it's not i i'm also i mean i don't have a problem with age difference that way really um but i do have a problem with the fact that yeah. she's never reciprocating she's, not, <laughs> like, she's she's like in her like late 20s 30s or whatever she's not like i think she's 15. a little older than that I think she, she, I think I so. I put her in like early 30s. Yeah. Well, whatever okay. it may be. Like, I mean, I, it, it's whatever. It's not like a super creepy distance of age, but no. it's clearly Ash's MO at this point is he's a creepy dude who yeah. hits on younger people. Mm-hmm. That's his, what he does. No, he hits on everyone. Yes. But I don't ever see him hit on anyone that looks his age. What, Linda? He was hitting on her all the time. Okay, that's fair. He hit on Ruby. All right, he does hit on everyone. You know, he hits on everyone. Like I think that doesn't make him a better person. No, no, no. I'm just saying that, like he, it's it. I I don't think it's his mo to just hit on young people. Is what I'm saying. I think he just he the character they created is overly sexualized and an overall creep. Yeah, but But, Amanda doesn't ever flirt back in most of those things. No, and then suddenly in which is my problem with it. (laughs) In one episode, she just like all of a sudden is into him and kisses him, and I. Legit thought in that moment, oh, she must be a ghost or she's yeah. possessed she's or possessed something. She's possessed by a dead or something. She was like yeah. really into him. Yeah. 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 It made and no sense. Went from zero to 60. Yeah. 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 And yeah. I don't, I just and, don't get it. And well, so that, that, that taints the first season a lot for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then sort of like the, I understand, yes, her husband was like pointing guns and freaking out at people. He was clearly going through some shit. Yeah. But like Linda leaving her, her husband like just kind of like in the middle of this big thing like didn't even consider that like I don't know it just seemed very sudden and weird and then to be like kissing Ash in the next episode just is like repeatedly the way women are handled in the show and in the the balancing out with awful Ash bugged me because also sex workers are treated horribly throughout this (laughs) entire show like they're basically cannon fodder like they're just like thrown at situations to be killed I can think of one there's the in the first season uh, the woman he's like reading the book with and getting stoned she's not Mm. a sex worker they allude to that she is really at Mm. least the other people in the trailer park say that she was yes oh Um, yeah you're right I, I, <laughs> I've seen this so many times. It I happens know, like three episodes in that they It's sort of like a retconning there. thing. Like they don't ever say anything about that in the first couple episodes. But and it's then, still there. It's still there. And then in the uh, jail scene. No, uh, the jail yeah, scene. Sex mm-hmm. Yeah, I knew and, that. Uh, so it just, it's one of those like little things of just, there's moments where the show tries to be woke and like has little moments of like, whoa, you can't say that or whoa, you can't do that. And then they completely undo it with their own behavior like two scenes later. So, 
Okay. That stuff more bugged me than anything. Mm. Marianne. I, okay. I guess I didn't get that as much because they kill children and stuff too. So it seems like they cast a wide net of who they killed. I just think the only person who's safe is Ash. Everybody else is cannon fodder yeah. in that show. But I mean, Kelly and Pablo die and live like five yeah. times. <laughs> yeah. But they're also our main characters. I, hold on. Before we get too okay. deep in there, Marianne. So. <laughs> okay. You haven't enjoyed the Evil Dead series to date on the whole <laughs> no um I will so say, i will say overall the like atmosphere i guess is the best way to describe or just like the overall feel of ash versus evil dead i enjoyed more sure than i have any of the other evil deads it did kind of make me appreciate two and one a little more like the movies um but yeah, like, I think the the overall, like, romp that is Ash vs. Evil Dead is more fun for me and more enjoyable, but also when you break it all down, it's just like, ugh, that was dumb, ugh, that was also dumb. And, like, I was very, very much, like, similar to what Matt was saying, that Ash does a lot of stupid shit mm-hmm. all the time, and there's never any comeuppance for him. And I think that even the most harebrained, dumb ideas that he, everyone else is like, nah, it's not going to work work out and it's not in a way that's like um so i kind of thought of um jack sparrow in sure in um in parts of the caribbean where he's kind of like a bumbling genius character and that yeah how much of how much of him is a put on yeah like a lot of what johnny depp did regardless of whether what you think about him as a person oh no let's just put this out there he appears to be a shit person but but jack sparrow is a great character in that role he did a very good job of like kind of towing that line of like oh just kind of like falling and it happened to work out really well Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. but i don't think ash falls into that really well it's just like he's no he's genuinely an idiot things just work out around him and i find that really obnoxious and like uh the the concept that he wasn't if you were to meet ash he is not a likable character in real life but everyone on that like everyone else loves him and finds him really endearing and charming mm. and like even in season like in season three pablo and um and kelly and i think even in season two they do this they're like oh don't worry you'll like ash and then yeah. every person that they meet inevitably likes ash like, i don't that think happens. that's true though who I doesn't? feel like the Who show doesn't? tends to make all the other characters even more unlikable than him to a certain degree. Almost, like all yeah. the new introduced characters. So, but I don't, I can't think of who doesn't well, end up like him besides the cop, my dad. I would yeah. say everyone gets killed before they can like, make change their Well, I mean, yeah. but yeah. like, okay, so his boss hates him. Sure. Uh, he in, gets to killed. Okay, go. In, yeah. you, no, 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 no. I'm just, I, I understand. Okay. Saying, but okay, like if you have our main character, Ruby doesn't like him. Yeah. Well, mm. Ruby needs him. No, well, in regular. season two, she does kind of like him. I don't think so. I oh, think so. I think, I think they have a nice friendship yeah. in season two. A pink hair, weird Ruby is definitely. Hey, pink like, hair, weird Ruby is my favorite Ruby. Yeah, so mine that's too. my she least was, favorite. Oh, it's like what they, the fuck? It's like season. they needed a different action figure. So they're like, I don't know, make her hair pink. What the heck? Season two Ruby was. Or she season was, three Ruby oh, was the worst. I'm probably the character. The character design oh, oh, yeah. is very weird and dumb. Yeah, yeah. I think that goes to the How whole. dare you? I think How dare all of you get it to the pink hair? Leather pants wearing Ruby is the best Ruby, and I will not hear any more of this. Okay, okay. Nick, we're not talking about best for a poster next to your desk. We're talking about best as far as for the show. 
there is a poster of her in that outfit next to my desk at home. Whoa. So that was old. Not so anything weird. I knew before yeah. I just said that. Yeah, you haven't been to my apartment since I got that poster. So Okay then. Yes. But either way, going back to my point. Sorry. Because I was the one talking. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, I don't know of any other character that doesn't immediately die or like have a horrible comeuppance that doesn't like Ash, right? Like or is clearly built as an antagonist right mm-hmm. so like obviously the all the big bads are not going to like ash yeah like, but the, that's dumb the but... brujo doesn't even like him uh, i mm-hmm. think they kind of like they kind of warm up and have a certain like understanding with one another but that's not like i mean i it's like here's the thing kelly and pablo like ash right i think we're talking but more even about like kelly had to be convinced yeah. After a while. And then it was only after she became kind of bloodthirsty that she really started to I like identify with him a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, then you have uh, uh, Fisher, who also doesn't like him to start and thinks he's weird. And I agree that turn at the end where she falls in love with him. You're like, what in the fuck? When did yeah. that happen? Mm-hmm. She thinks he's a murderer. Yes. Weird. <laughs> like, yes. Yeah. Like an, an actual... episode earlier. She's <laughs> yes. Yes. tracking him to try and like arrest him. Yeah. Yeah. Which I actually liked. I liked that. The, the thing of having a cop on his tail the whole time who thinks because because look if you think about this in reality for a second yeah he 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 probably murdered all those people (laughs) but so i don't know i think there were in every season there were a few people who really just they don't understand why people like him even his father i think my problem is that with the people who end up liking him it's not because of his redeeming qualities yeah they just kind of get used to him yeah they like he doesn't have to change to win anyone over he's like that family member that you have that it's like yeah he's here for thanksgiving again and i'm really good at cutting those family members out of my life so that's kind of how i feel about (laughs) (laughs) whatever uh that's Uh, (laughs) that's uh so ash is one of those people that for me i feel like if you met and had to spend prolonged periods of time with you just go oh can i just not anymore because this guy sucks yeah or like alternately because this is what some people do with their family members is like oh yeah he's kind of the worst but like he's also really good at killing these things so we're just going to deal with him right like that is also a way to continue that which is i felt where ruby was no i think that she actually genuinely season two ruby is totally like she starts to like all of them and i think she comes to like ash through through she really likes kelly that's the only reason we're supposed to care about her i think she likes pablo yeah like she basically sacrifices herself for yeah ash yeah when she dies by other ruby's hands yeah Yeah. like she go like it's because she's like trying to help ash he's the chosen one sure that's the thing though i feel like uh, well, you know what? This is an argument we can have off air because <laughs> or like we this, just don't. Yeah. yeah I, <laughs> I'm okay not doing it my at other, all. Go, okay. So my other feelings about a lot of the series as a whole is it like plants a lot of really good and interesting seeds that are just like squashed. Like what? And they never flirt. Like, okay, I'm going to talk about this because it's like it was my favorite setup and it got no payoff is the whole time travel sequence. I thought, and I was like, oh my God, this is going to be so amazing if they're actually doing this, <laughs> um, that they would use that time travel like time, like moment or whatever to m- kind of make sense of the fact that evil, there are so many anachronisms between all of the evil dead oh, and like yeah. you would see like Ash affecting things in different ways mm-hmm. and like he would like constantly be trying to redo what was going on. And so, like, that's why you would see, oh, the book was here. The book's one, in the oh, wrong place. Yeah, the book's yeah. in the wrong place. Or, like, oh, maybe, like, one time he, like, 
tried to avoid his sister going. And yeah, so, like, that was Linda. a thing. Yeah. yeah, like, he tried to save his sister, too. And then, like, yeah, so, like, I thought that would have been an interesting thing, but that never happens. Nothing. No, there were a lot of interesting things they could have done with that time travel that didn't happen. Matt or no, Sam had a really great one that when you said it, it blew my mind. I think it was the thing. So Brock, his dad, the whole time is trying to tell him something Mm -hmm. before. But then he gets killed by Ash's car before he can. Then in the third season, he tells him the thing. And it was didn't didn't make any sense. He was like, well, he accidentally killed the guy from the book of the dead from something. And I pushed him down the stairs. Yeah. One of the knights came looking for him and he killed him because. Yeah, but that seemed like obviously not the thing that they originally intended it to be. And I think that they were going to make it so that Brock was Ash old. Yeah, me too. He got stuck back in time and then he was his own dad. Yeah, me too. Which would have been so funny <laughs> Gross. Yeah. and no, so it would have fit into the show it would have yeah. been a mind bender you're like wait what and yeah. you wouldn't really need to explain it because the show also is lives in a world where yeah. you can just say something happened and you're like yeah. all right yeah yeah, yeah. totally like, the fact that the end of the second season they just come back to modern time and never address how right. it happens well, right. or the fact that like okay time travel rules being what they are yeah none of nothing would be the same like Yes. They still knew he was the hero of Elk Grove, even though the thing he did to be a hero was to go back in time and do it. And the other stuff didn't happen. And so did he like sit down, everyone in town, and go, here's what I just did for the past like 20 minutes or whatever. Went back in time, did all this. Can I have a parade, please? Yeah. And the answer is definitely. Don't mind my Star Wars (laughs) ghost friends. (laughs) Absolutely bizarre. The, The ending of that. So as I understand it. Uh, there had been a lot of friction between Rob Tappert, who was the executive producer and the showrunner. And I can't remember the showrunner's name right now. And I apologize to you showrunner, but you were doing a great job. Uh, and like, for instance, one of my favorite episodes, but I don't think anybody else in here liked mm-hmm. it, was the colon monster episode. Oh, God, that was amazing. No. I love that. Wait, which one? That's the oh, one in the morgue. the butt. Oh, I hate that one. Okay. Well, <laughs> was so funny. me and Sam. <laughs> that was dumb. Um, but like, a lot of people who are really into Evil Dead like that um, episode. And so the showrunner was tapping into, I think, what a lot of Evil Dead lovers kind of wanted. Mm-hmm. And his idea originally was they were going to go back in time. And I don't I, the the only idea I know for sure was it was going to turn out that he was Kelly's father. And then the third season was going to be them sort of reckoning with that. And so there wasn't going to be a Brandy. Kelly was going to be his daughter. Hmm. And then that would kind of made more sense because that whole that all of season two, they're dropping hints that those two are a little more linked than we might have thought. And they're constantly saying things like, you know, you're the daughter I never had and stuff like that. Uh, Um, uh, So I like it. Then Kelly would have had something to do in the third season. See, that's true. But just be possessed by another person. Yeah. Which again, I don't hate that idea. But it already happened. I hated that idea that a was, lot. Okay, so that <laughs> was another happened. idea that, like, if they had extended that yes. and like Kelly was a double agent for a lot longer, okay, fine. Like that's a thing where like the audience knows something and that the characters don't. When are they going to find out what's going on? Right. And if like the if Kelly was or Ghost Kelly, I forget her name. Mm, Kaya. 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 Thank yeah. you. If Kaya who was possessing Kelly was like playing a longer con. Yeah. It would have been really interesting, but it was like, oh no, Kelly's being possessed. And immediately they're like, oh no, Kelly's possessed. Yeah. Cause that's like the first season 
like she was possessed for a appropriate amount of time yeah. by that uh, by that awesome, awesome demon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that is one of the best demon designs. It's so yeah. Cool. And it almost got Ash killed, which is like yeah. high stakes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And like it was very clever and well done. Whereas in this, I didn't understand the Kaya plot line. No, I didn't either. At all. And like then, Ruby was using this was woman friend from who, like, Ghost World? But like lived in the rift or the book, one of the two. Yeah. And I was very confused as to whether Ruby or Kaya was the dark one and then the other one was the knight that betrayed. And then there was everyone. dark was ones that came out of the book. I didn't even talk about them in Ruby, my recap. Ruby was a dark one. Kaya was a question mark. So she was the knight that betrayed <laughs> all of the knight? other knights. That's what uh, they said. So that, like, oh, is that what happened? That. Yeah, that's what they said. Oh. Uh, they said that one of the knights... So there was a group of knights that were protecting, except they weren't really protecting. And Ruby like alluded to them just being idiots and not knowing how to control everyone. They were. Yes, they were idiots. That was a dumb <laughs> plot line to just throw in there. But so they speaking were of supernatural, the, isn't that guy a carbon copy of uh, oh, Dalton? Of what? Yeah, Dalton was a carbon copy of whatever is the short-haired one on Supernatural. Oh yeah, Jensen Ackles. Jen, oh, yeah. Jensen Ackles. He yeah. also uh, I have such a problem with Dalton because like at least. The other knights kind of like show up and they kind of weird everyone out that like, whoa, there's a bunch of you being real weird. Mm -hmm. But like the first time we see Dalton show up, he's just as if we were supposed to know who he is. And then he dies in the next episode episode, and without doing much of anything other than being the person to say, hey, the Knights of Sumeria exist. Yeah. And then he dies. He he was token like exposition put into into a hot guy like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess Kelly liked him, but. Uh, but we don't did, really see that that she? much. Did she? I don't know. It never There's explains a lot of it. Weird they, Kelly stuff in the third season. Yeah, like, Kelly doesn't have anything to do. Well, they also all. act as if she's been gone. It's then it turns out like eight episodes in that that's been two years. Yeah, remember that? I didn't. Oh wow, I oh, missed yeah. that because Ruby, Ruby's like years. I've been in this town for two for two fucking years or something. Uh, Since when I she saw reveals you herself. talk about like the thing at the. The yeah, so the whole between the season the the season two parade and season three hardware store being open, elapsed. it's been two years. Yes, yes. that's that very needed poorly to be more told. clear. Yeah, they could yeah. have said two years later. At the <laughs> yes, <laughs> <laughs> literally, yeah. all you would have need to do and like put little uh, a little city thing down in the corner to let us know where Kelly is because my understanding at the beginning of the season she was in that bar yeah, she's, she's in, in a bar, bar yeah. nearby I thought she owned the bar now yeah because apparently else owned she it ran off and worked at a bar somewhere else yeah. I actually for a split second when they first showed their intro frame I thought that Kelly was still in town but that Pablo wasn't because it was oh, like yeah. just the food <laughs> truck and I was like oh he went off and found a food truck oh no he's still there he's okay, just right in it. front of the <laughs> yeah. store <laughs> yeah the editing was so was weird, weird and I never noticed editing because I just don't notice mm-hmm. that kind of thing but the fights were all so like sluggish and there was like one too many frames between like the scares and like the band fight the band room fight scene in season three oh, we're talking about in season three, that one's a so it was so rough and long and it was yeah. just like this is not the character wasn't introduced as a band person if they have, if it was the band teacher it would have made sense yeah but the I yeah. will say though her death very cool was where, where was her skull though yeah it, uh, well don't question it okay <laughs> maybe dead-eyed skulls are very soft yes. yes person who works on SciShow don't question <laughs> yeah. it yeah uh, but yeah for me like that one was a very uh, a good example of how this show also fails in a lot of ways of mm-hmm. goes on too long like you said but also sometimes tries to lean into that cartoonish side that Evil Dead 2 has yeah um, but only once every like six episodes did they really lean into that and it kind of 
feels it feels it felt jarring to me at times like they would do dumb little sound effects and cartoon things yeah. that I'm like okay but we literally just watched a car like run over a kid's face and peel it off with no like complete mm-hmm. seriousness yeah. and now you have like drumsticks drumming on Ash's head with like a Flintstone sound effect oh dear god yeah. that the band scene is the band room scene is terrible I got the embarrassed mm. like secondhand embarrassment nervous sweats when yeah. I was watching it it's like they just were like all right Here's 20 instruments. We have to use all of them in this scene. Try to think of a clever, like, weaponization of each and every band instrument. And they couldn't. No. No. They couldn't think of one for any of them. Except the symbol, which was okay. The lady, the mom getting her head chopped off. Yeah. Yeah. But again, sort of interesting character that that just, ah, dead. She's Mm. not a good at acting, you know. I couldn't well, handle her. I, I just, delivery. Then she turns into a evil phone. Which may be my least favorite character I design of the entire series. I really hated that evil phone, and I was glad when it got run over by a, a lawnmower. Yeah. Or no, it was Snow a rototiller. Plow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, was a, that was a bad part. I did, like, there's there there are, there are little glimpses of things I like in season three. I like the actor who played Brandy. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, I liked some of the mood and some of the, like, the... the um, when he's going through the school at prom, like there was something about the camera work and about the, the setting and the production design that I liked, um, you know, and things like that. But, but they're all just these little glimmers of things. Like it's weird too, because like it's moments that stick out to me in season three, not like story, not characters as much as like, I like, I hate, I hate that phone when the, the, the little demon phone, I hate that too, but I also, I really like Brandy's performance against it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When the phone first bites her hand too, that's in- kind of interesting. I was really hoping it was real. It turns out it's like a dream that her hand is possessed and she was going to chop it off. Like I was, oh yeah, I kind of wanted her to become the new Ash. Yeah. yeah. I thought that seemed like a natural thing. That I was kind of hoping they were going to pass off the torch, you know? Yeah. 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 But the, yeah, it, it's it, uh, Sam. You said something the other day that really struck me, and I think it's true. It's like it's like the the actors forgot who they were. Especially, I feel like Kelly and Pablo mm-hmm. are they're just not there. It's like actors who have been away from the character for so long they don't know. Yeah, who or you they go to are Disney, anymore. Disneyland, and you see somebody who's Spider Man, but it's not really Spider Man. Yeah, it's a person pretending to well, be Spider Man. The problem, like. I don't really know what to attribute it to with the Kelly character, but with the Pablo character, that makes a lot of sense to me because mm-hmm. they were messing with that character every few episodes. They were like, all right, now you're possessed. Now you're one with the book. Now you're a deadite. Now you have to wear this weird mask for the all episodes. Yeah. Which did not yeah. go anywhere. It didn't yeah. go anywhere. And so they, they keep he, giving no, him. He just opened the portal. On That's command, but that could have been a really cool arc yeah, for him that to have over really the cool whole arc. show. He and they make become that such a big earlier. deal out of him becoming that. It like, takes him a long yeah. time. They tease the naked woman through like three or four episodes, yeah. and then he has a whole scene where he becomes it and like chooses the right blood or whatever. And it's just it's. Again, it's one of those seeds that's planted that seems like it could go somewhere really fun and cool, and it just doesn't. He opens the portal once, and then the next time it's just already open, and he can't figure out why. And then, he, and then yeah. he can't close it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, season three is a goddamn disaster. Yeah. I want you. Want, you brought up the prom in the high school scene. That's maybe the most upsetting scene to me in the entire series. Oh, it's very upsetting. Uh, I didn't like I, that I, no, it, I think it's very upsetting. It's, I, I, and it's hard to pin down because there's a lot of very upsetting things in this series that like are supposed to be a horror movie level of like upsetting. Mm-hmm. But like the possessed car for me is less upsetting than the prom scene because it's Ash. It's an evil Ash, but where it looks like real Ash and yeah. behaves like real Ash. 
walking through a prom and just murdering rando teenagers yeah. like just, just random children just walking up to random children and just slicing them in half with a chainsaw and it's so upsetting to mm-hmm. me and i i don't again maybe talking it through with you guys like we can tap into that but i don't know why it was but i'm glad to hear i wasn't the only one no i was also yeah i like yeah. i felt that in the prom scene that like or the homecoming scene whatever it was that like everyone there was like despite teenagers being what they are, like, a pure, innocent, like... Yes. Just there, like, not doing anything bad. They were just, like, in school, and they were being killed not to terrorize them. Mm-mm. It was to get in an end that's, like, this convoluted end of making Ash look bad. So that his daughter will murder him. Yeah. And where whereas, like, the car was more of, I guess, like... They were trying to do harm, they right? St- like, well, they also stole the car. Yeah, they stole so the car. So you could say that like, the car is like getting its revenge for being stolen. Karma. Fine. But yeah. like the yeah. but like some harsh intended, karma. But... I guess the intended victims karma. were those kids, right? In the in the car, like those teenagers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas like in the prom, it was like, oh no, they don't matter. They're just yeah. like we don't fodder. see their faces. Well, yeah. that's the thing. If you yeah. think about it in terms of just storytelling, like we we got a lot of information about these kids in the car. And mm-hmm. ended up following one of them for quite a while. Yeah. Like, it, it, so storytelling wise, like we're with them on this journey mm-hmm. and we're like, oh, I hope that person doesn't get killed. Or it's oh, going to be God. sad when they get killed. Yeah. Or yeah. whatever. But instead with the prom, we're just like, well, I'm just watching teenagers get m- mowed down. Yeah. yeah. It's cheap. It also, it's a cheap way to get to that end. And it also doesn't really go anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. It and doesn't. No. Because it ends in Brandy not wanting to do it. And Whereas the car one at least and like ends up with uh, what is the character's name? Ball? No, the 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 girl who oh. was in the car, but is the daughter of Linda. Oh, Linda's oh. daughter. Um, uh, I don't uh, it's like Casey or something. Kenzie, yeah. we're gonna call her Sarah for right now. <laughs> um, Lacey. Yeah, Lacey. Lacey. Kenzie was kind of close. Yeah. Um, Sarah was not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm, it's just. It made me, and it was also, again, like, it's in the same season, not the same episode, but the same season as, like, the cartoonish band room scene. Yeah. And they're just the opposite Mm -hmm. type of Mm -hmm. show. Yeah. It was, yeah. You know, now that I think about it, I also, like, in that same prom scene, um, Ruby sets it up and, like, gives a speech about how much that community has suffered because of, like, a peer getting killed and, um... What's the daughter's name? The Brandy? Ash's daughter. Brandy, thank you. I just blanked out. <laughs> and Brandy, like, losing her mom. And so it's, like, this very emotional moment. And, like, I feel like you also kind of feel that, like, oh, all of these students are also suffering right now. Like, they yeah. lost yeah. their fellow student, too. And, like, if it's a small town as it seems, like, they also probably knew Brandy's mom. Like, so you're just like, oh, you're just killing these people who are already sad. in pain and sad. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's not it's also not played in a way uh like you could you could make that seem horrific. And I think because it's not because I'm not sure how to feel about it, it feels more horrific. It's not I'm not the 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 filmmaking is not telling me It's just deadpan. It's very of. thank you. Yeah, it's very deadpan. Mm-hmm. And it, it, especially knowing what they can do with comedy and everything, 
like I don't know, it just felt weird. And there was a certain element earlier on when he was killing the teenagers, when he killed the first two, mm-hmm. and you get the evil Ash was a very confusing character. So you get the sense that he's like really into the rules. And it was kind of interesting when he came up to them and he was like, You guys shouldn't be smoking drugs and then he chops them up, or he's like, There's a dress code and he chops them up. If they had played him more if he had been birthed earlier, so it didn't feel like a total waste that he just had one episode and then dies. Mm-hmm. And they had played him up as some kind of like automaton or like some kind of stickler for the rules and given him some kind of personality, then maybe it would have been better mm-hmm. or it would have been more right. or something. Or like as he was killing all of the other random he was coming people, up with he rules. was like marking different rules. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Something. Something. It was, bad. It, was the, it was nothing. The biggest disappointment in the whole show for me was that they cut off his organic chainsaw. Yeah. Why wouldn't they have an organic chainsaw chainsaw? <laughs> I also okay. kind of really yeah. like the only time we get to see chainsaw. the organic chainsaw used is by the baby. When he's a baby. Okay, so and it's uh, cool. We need to explain. Yeah, this. we got to explain yeah. that. <laughs> so <laughs> it also makes no. The beginning sense. of season I didn't three. The baby in my recap. <laughs> no, the beginning of season three. Ruby basically impregnates herself. I'm not going to go into how she she with impregnates herself. Yeah, with the book, oh, yeah. and it's basic by using a picture or a drawing of Ash. So she impregnates herself with a baby version of Ash. It and it's a demon and a baby, and and Ash and, and Ash. And Ash. <laughs> like or, sorry, Ash. it's a demon and Ash. Yeah, and it instead of him having just no hand, he has an organic chainsaw hand. Which is weird and creepy. Yeah, um, like it works cool. like a it real chainsaw. Too. Yeah, but it's like bone Mid-flesh. and skin. Yeah. yeah, and then she's like, first thing we got to do is cut off your cool chainsaw arm. It's so stupid. So that you look more like Ash. Yeah. Right. But like, give us that it's moment. That whole yeah. cockamamie plan that doesn't. All this just so Brandy will think her father is. Uh, yeah. Is like, there's so many other ways you could do that. But uh, again, well, a good idea, and then. Pfft, the, the book stuff in general, like we talked about Kaya earlier, like all of the stuff around the book in the third season is very convoluted, never clearly explained. And just kind of like you're supposed just don't ask questions. Just keep watching because there's the Kaya thing. There's the part where she is like wiping Ash out of the book to impregnate yeah. herself. I thought when that was happening that she was removing him as the chosen, as the chosen one. one. Yeah, me too. Yeah, and so I thought it was like, okay, cool. Like, now history has changed and Ash is not important or something, mm-hmm. but no. Um, and so, yeah, it's just all of those moments adding up on top of each other and you're just like, I don't care about the book anymore. And I thought the yeah. book was like the, the most important deal. thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I want to talk about one thing because, Marianne, you, uh, you and I have talked about this a couple of times and uh, they've talked about it on Snark Squad, Pod, and stuff like that. And that's the idea of chosen one mm-hmm. things. And uh, you're not a fan of it. I'm a, I'm also not a fan of chosen one uh, things unless there's something clever about it mm-hmm. and, and, and they play with it. But you specifically, I think in relating to season three, it was like, I think you said season three was a prime example of why you don't like oh, chosen yes. one. So explain why, explain the problem with that so here. I'm fine with like, sometimes I'm okay with chosen ones, but like, I think one of my biggest issues with chosen ones is that like, there is often such a strong high buildup and nothing, it doesn't matter what the like end result of that buildup is. It, either goes way overboard and so ridiculous that you have like a random Cthulhu-esque monster that comes out of nowhere and <laughs> uh-huh. has no reference in any other point. And makes the rest of the season pointless. And makes the rest of the season pointless. Yeah. And then the chosen one just like unsurreptitiously just wins for no reason. 
or it just like kind of falls flat. Mm-hmm. So I think that this is this is one of those situations where like you they they put so much onto the the idea of the chosen one that it just kind of like and it was so heavy handed and it was so like built up constantly that he was the chosen one and the payoff was oh yeah he's going to kill this thing but right. like that that's not really what was alluded to it like i felt it would have been better if he was the chosen one as like the same way that like buffy the vampire slayer is like the slayer of all vampires right like that is her role I feel like if Ash was the slayer of all deadites, like that would have been an okay chosen one thing. Mm, but it was gotcha, like, gotcha. No, you have to build up. No, he's a chosen one. Well, why is he the chosen one? What is it? What's going to happen that makes him the chosen one? Right. So to do a, like a job instead of a moment. Yeah. Yeah. I do feel like they do. <clears throat> I, I don't like chosen one stuff that much either, but I feel like with Ash specifically, it works because it is a little bit clever because he's an idiot and they establish so well that he just relies completely on the fact that he's the chosen one. Basically, he like uses it as a crutch to be like, I can't die because I'm the chosen one, obviously. Mm-hmm. So I can just play this by ear by like play this by ear. But also like his the thing he's the chosen one to do is so like grimy and unpleasant that it doesn't feel like he's elevated to any kind of lofty level because everything around him is still so horrible and everything he goes through is still so horrible that it doesn't bother me for some reason I think it's not like Harry Potter where everyone's like oh you're the chosen child from birth he's just like some idiot who is kind of like Buffy the Vampire Slayer I would agree it's a, it the, in in uh, in its very basic sense they both start similarly mm-hmm. in that mm-hmm. Buffy is a chosen one to do something awful that is no fun. That is, you know, that is this this horrible, dangerous thing. And that was one of the great things about that series mm-hmm. is. Um, well, I would say it's one of the great things about Buffy in that series is that she has to deal with like, I'm a teenager. I'm mm-hmm. a child and I have to do this horrible, dangerous, awful thing. Mm-hmm. And so there's there's a little bit of uh, pathos there. But uh Going back to Marianne's point, the point that I agree, I agree with you until we get to about midway through season three and definitely Mm -hmm. the end of season three, Mm -hmm. because the end of season three, two things happen that just like one, you built your own Scooby gang. And then I think this pissed all of us off. Mm -hmm. You have Brandy, Pablo and Kelly, and you just put them in a truck and send them off. Yeah. Yeah. So you can fight this thing. that was yeah, there is huge. there is something that Joss Whedon did really well. Well, and his team of writers, Marty Noxon and David Fury, uh, that is you sort of you don't have an exact thing. You have to figure out what it is you're supposed to do. Mostly this had to do with Angel and the Shanshu prophecy, mm-hmm. which is like, well, what am I prophesized to do exactly? Like figuring that out is part of becoming the chosen one. Right. Mm-hmm. In here, it's there's. It seems like he is figuring it out slowly. That it's not just about him. That he has to worry about other people, um, or he has to not do it alone or something. And at the end, we get to this thing where he just shuffles them off, and we as viewers are left, you know, fucked because we don't get to say goodbye to these characters we've mm-hmm. grown to enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, he goes and he just gets into a tank and shoots a thing. And then, are we supposed to be? happy about that but then i'm not even sure that that is actually what he was supposed to do because he wakes up in the future yeah and mm-hmm. he still didn't do it and he's still the chosen one yeah. and there's still evil to yeah. be yeah yes yeah. yeah so this is a never-ending cycle yeah 
that. I, it, so there's a lot about that that I just it doesn't work. Well, because yeah. the for me, like there's a lot of things about Ash that are selfish. Like he's always been sort of a selfish character. Yeah. Uh, partially because he's everyone around him dies, so he just kind of like has to look out for number one mm-hmm. and. Part of the strength of the show is that he learns to not just look out for number one. He starts to last, care about other well, people. I guess so. And only well, in the last episode does he actually declare that or like show actions that. Well, make I think that. early on when he's teaming up with Pablo and Kelly, he's very reluctant to team yeah. up with anyone yeah. because That's he's true. like, "No, I do this alone. It's too dangerous. No one else should be burdened with this. I'm the only one who should." And so I admired that about him in the early seasons. And mm-hmm. uh, he didn't want to put anyone else in danger until they kind of like force themselves to be part of his gang. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just, like, the show also feels kind of selfish in that moment to be like, <laughs> well, no, like, we don't care that you care about Brandy and Kelly and Pablo. Like, we're just going to, like, literally ship them off, mm-hmm. and you don't get to know what happened to them. Mm-hmm. And they're yeah. not going to stay in fight with Ash like they probably would. Yeah. We're just going to put them in a truck. Like, they, none of them pound on the door and like, hey, stop the truck and let me out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, none of them fight it after we've seen what they've been through for, like, these three seasons. And they all just, like, I understand. And then drive away. Yeah. It makes zero yeah. sense. No, it was a, it was a total... Uh, just deflation and he doesn't even fight the bad guy with a, a shotgun or his chainsaw nope nope yeah he's not he's not in the prophesizing the, the in the evil book with, to, a, with tank, a tank with a knife shoved <laughs> into a look mortar. i would have been yeah, no. fine with the knife shoved onto the mortar in in an in any other context mm-hmm. like with him just having to fight some giant demon but when you make it the pinnacle like yeah. the total mm-hmm. climax of everything all of a sudden i'm like well, was that it but I mean, no, it's not. It did feel like a that is that it moment. Yeah, it yeah. Really and did. for the payoff to be no, because now he's in the future. It's like that's not better. Also, <laughs> the show's canceled, so who cares? Who cares? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I actually um, going back to time travel at the end of season two. I would have loved it if the end of season three they had just taken that. Because I, I like at the end, the original ending for Army of Darkness was him realizing he'd slept too long. And he's in the future. And he's in the future. Yeah, yeah. I would a very have... good alternate ending where he just wakes up with a long beard, <laughs> sees like all these like Big Ben, the Statue <laughs> of Liberty. I don't know how that happened, but he like looks around. He's like, I slept too long. <laughs> it's a good scene. It's yeah. it's a bummer, but it is a good scene because he walks out and he's all <laughs> manufactured products. <laughs> and like he's he's very excited to be out of the Middle Ages. But then, yeah, it's a. <laughs> and he realized the whole place has just been, you know, wiped out by the evil. Mm-hmm. And I would have appreciated that at the end of season two, because the ending of season two made no sense. I didn't understand how he got back, how they all got back. Well, he knew how to get there in the first place. No, he didn't. Yes. Ruby got there. No, he told her which passage to read. He knew the time travel passage. He in the did. Book. Yeah, he did. But the only illusion we get to getting back just read it. is when Ball is inside of Pablo, like fake Pablo, when we yeah. think he's maybe alive, but he's not. What's he saying? Uh, he, he tells Ash, he's like, it's fine. I can get us back. Ah. But that's when Ball is possessing Pablo. It's not real Pablo yeah. telling Ash that. Yeah, oh. it's true. They okay. don't show it. He's just, they're, <laughs> they're back. Just back. So we're just supposed to, like, I uh, assume we're supposed to understand that Pablo is capable of this because he's part that's of the book. One, no, it's season two. Not that's season two because it's Ball. Ball. Um, but he, oh. like, he's possessed by the book. So I guess that's the only explanation that makes sense is that Pablo is capable of, like, reading off of his skin or <laughs> helping them. <laughs> I'm Sam's, really confused Sam's now. working some stuff when, out. When is Pablo in the 
when does Pablo get possessed by Ball in the end of season two? Yeah, season two. Well, that's well, Ball is dead. only in the season is, is only in season two. He cuts Pablo oh, in half. Oh, 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 before they go back in time, he says, "Don't worry, I can get you back." What? No, yeah, it's when he has yes. his dead body in the car with, and him. he's the dead body. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now it's when we think like dead about. Pablo. Like we think that like Ash is talking to dead Pablo, but right. really it's because Ball has is dead Pablo. Pablo's wait, wait, bodies. no, no, no. This it's in there. Also, it's also <laughs> when they go back in time. Because uh-huh. they're in, they're back in time, and then Pablo springs out of the trunk, and he's like, "What happened?" And then they're getting ready to go back, and that's when he cuts himself open, and he's under the skin, where Ball is under the skin of Pablo, and they're in the car. Hmm. Yes, <laughs> I have no memory. Of Me that. neither. <laughs> I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah." It's I weird that part because of the like talking about what no, I Ball. have no memory of some things. I've seen this a few times. You guys have no memory of this. You recently saw it, but Ball's already dead by that point. No, he hid in Pablo. That uh, when he cuts he his skin destroyed? off, and he's not Pablo underneath. I don't remember when that happens. No, no, but no, I no, trust no. you. If it's we before, can't figure it out, it's, nobody no else one, can. It's fine. It's before they go have the 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 fist fight. The fist fight. <laughs> yeah, it's right before that in the cabin. Okay. So like they're in the car, they're getting ready to go. They think everything is fine, and then he's like, "Don't worry, I got this." And then uh, and then he says, "I just don't wanna." And, oh right, right, right. And then you just don't uh, wanna. Yeah, and then uh-huh. Ash is like, "What are you saying?" He's like, mm-hmm. "You heard me." And mm-hmm. then and yes, okay. And then he's ball, and then they go back and they have the stupid fist fight. They go and, back, right? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. Now I get it. All right. I remember. Laura Dern. <laughs> <laughs> That's a callback to an episode Matt uh, wasn't on. Well, you didn't, you guys didn't like season the end of season two, right? Did somebody not like the time? I did travel not part like of the two? asylum part. I was in, under the understanding oh. that Nick did not like the last couple episodes. I didn't like the last couple episodes. I didn't like it because I felt like it was an exact retreading of the last couple episodes of season one. That's true, but mm-hmm. I did like to get a glimpse into like what happened before Ash got. To the cabin. I agree, and that's why I was hoping with the time travel it was going to be something like Marianne yeah. suggested. Yeah. I, I also thought it was you- hilarious that like Ash completely forgot for whatever reason that the grandma was the one or the the mother was the one that was, was possessed the he, whole time. He didn't forget. She he tried no. really hard to convince himself that she was bad, but she was really good at convincing him that she wasn't bad. Yet. Yeah, but like. He's already been like oh, he already he knows what happens. He's like, no, it's well, definitely you. He I know knows this. that she is possessed at some point. Yeah, okay, he fine. is dumb enough to believe at this point that she is not yet possessed. I think seeing the doctor be so evil also. Like, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And I, I, I do. I, I love that moment where he kept slapping her, and he's like, "I could do this all day." <laughs> like, it was, my my favorite is when he lets her out, and it immediately, immediately comes, like, <laughs> yeah. he, un, he like takes her out of like the handcuff thing, and like all oh, proud of shit. himself. And the next thing you hear is the doctor saying like. It possessed my wife. And he's like, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> That's my favorite part. Yeah, it's I love it's that such part. an immediate comedic payoff that I was like, Yes, good. We all knew that was what's when it, well the, that's what was going to happen. So uh-huh. I'm glad it was so immediate. And yeah, I that actually, was very sharp. That was good. I actually liked all the stuff with Henrietta. It was gross and weird in the same way that Evil Dead Two was gross and yeah. weird. It did though. It it did a really good thing with like it made her weird special effects in the old movie make some more yes. sense. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like the weird stretchy head and the yeah. different yeah. forms that she takes. Like it it gave you like a one to two to three to like kind of boss fight. Yeah. yeah. That 
made more sense in this context rather than just suddenly she's this creature now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But still, when you're fighting somebody with a chainsaw, you shouldn't make your neck really long. It's a bad <laughs> idea. Well, there's a lot of times that Ash forgets how to use his chainsaw throughout the series. Uh, that... And it just stops working. Yeah. Or, yeah, that's very convenient. I liked when it got so much pus and goo on it from her. <laughs> it that just stopped from yeah. yeah. There's at least twice where he's trapped behind a wood door. Ah, uh, yeah. He and doesn't just use it to get doesn't all. do yeah. anything. He's like, let me out. I'm like, you have the thing that Your cuts wood. <laughs> like they lock him in the basement. And it's oh, like, yeah. You could just easily cut the, like the yeah, cellar cut, door. Cut around the lock. Yeah. What the fuck? And there's like two or three times he doesn't use his uh, like chainsaw hand to cut through wood. Mm-hmm. Uh, it only apparently works on flesh. Up, Matt. Yeah, no, that's really off. weird. I, I, yeah. It's, it's the, the, the faults that you fall into when you have a TV series versus a movie yeah. version of Evil Dead is like you have so many story things that you need him to like be vexed by yeah. that mm-hmm. those things slip through the cracks. Yeah. I am glad that season two made me smile again though to think about season two instead of season three. Oh yeah, we started talking <laughs> about season yeah. two and I'm like, oh, this was a good show. Well, we're kind of just talking about weird moments that we liked. Uh, there's, I don't think it's supposed to be funny, but there's a moment in season one where, uh, I think season one, season two, something, uh, Kelly has to kill a deadite and she's like out in the rain outside and she like chops the head off kind of thing and then she goes to punt the head <laughs> and it just yep. it goes like two inches away from her yeah. but it's not played as like a laugh no. she just like is like super pissed off grabs the head and like punts it and it literally it bounces bonk. like four inches <laughs> yeah. next to her and she just like angrily walks away and I'm like that's the funniest thing <laughs> that that was and it wasn't supposed to be funny I think it was supposed to be funny but she wasn't supposed to only kick it that far right maybe like that was the take where she did the bad kick yeah it looked yeah. like a bad take and they're just like well I guess I think they probably just thought like, that was, it was the funniest the only take. one that was in focus yeah no I think they thought that was the funniest take because it makes sense for that but it's not shot comedically at all like no it's not okay so we got to talk about where this fits into the rest of evil dead i don't know where to begin (laughs) i I think sorry no go for for it i actually have a very weird theory about i like weird theories so i feel like the three seasons even though i strongly dislike that third season fit in like almost parallel to each movie in order. I had the same exact thought today. Yes. Yeah. So in the first one, it's very much like centered around going to the cabin and just like stopping the deadites. And then even in the end, there's like the concept of having a deal where Ash is just like out. You don't really know what is going on with the deadites. Right. And like, well, there's still a horror kind of around, which echoes the end of the first movie where like, Ash is safe for the time being, but then a thing comes and just suddenly like lunges at him. You're like, yeah. well, I don't know what's going on really, but he seems alive. <laughs> and then season two um, kind of pairs a little bit with with uh, the second Evil Dead movie in that like, A, you're tackling like all of the threads, not all of the threads, but like by going back in time, you're tackling with the threads of like, prof- or, like the professor and his wife. In the mm. in the cabin, and then you're also you also have Ash pairing up with someone that is not a part of his immediate friend group. So like in this oh yeah in the season it's Ruby in the movie it's uh, the professor's daughter yeah yeah Noby what is her name I don't know but yeah Miss like, Annie <laughs> Annie sounds right Annie, I think it's Sarah. Annie. Laura Dern yeah Laura Dern Noby but yeah so you have that element to it and then you also have like 
a time travel aspect at the very end of it. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then in the third season, you have this sort of like medieval callback uh-huh. yeah. with the, having the knights and you have like all of this random lore just thrown at you. You hype up the chosen one's plot line way more. Yeah. Way too much. Yeah, yeah. way too much. And like, yeah. That's... And then end it the same way that the alternate ending of Evil Dead was yeah. with him going into the future. Yeah. 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 And it's like more of a more of an adventure with more of like a traditional story, I feel like kind of too instead of just little events happening this one night or like over mm-hmm. the course of these few weeks. It's like a storyline, but not a good one, just like Evil <laughs> Dead's storyline is not, or Army of Darkness's storyline is not necessarily a very good one. It's not, it's just fun. Yeah. But season three was not fun. Yeah. <laughs> I I think that there were some missed opportunities to make things tie in better. Like you said about him screwing stuff up in the past, which makes it so like the book's here, but then the book's down here. Or like explaining why he has the book, I think, because he brought it back from the past, right? So, is that where that book came from? This is the this is weird. Yeah, this is a weird inconsistent. Like this doesn't make any sense because they used the book to send him back. Right, but I think they buried it with him too, didn't they? Well, see, this is the thing. You though. don't see him get buried in the in the in the actual theatrical cut. Oh, I'm yeah, the one that the I've seen, ending. he has yeah. not been. The theatrical cut, he rides off on a horse, right. and then he's and at uh, S Mart. Oh, yeah. Yes. Foolish. And me. he said the words basically right. Uh, yeah. 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 So yeah, it's like. Also, so like, he doesn't have. Could they the not use S Mart, by the way? They couldn't. They couldn't because it was from the third movie. They couldn't use the third yeah. movie. Yeah, in season one, uh, they couldn't get the rights to the third movie. But then by the by the end of season two, they could. They could. Yeah. And they okay. throw. They make a throwaway mention to it like twice, and they don't really. They don't really ever use the third one, even by the third season. No, but they could have, and it really <laughs> like this is the thing to me, like. I wanted I, him to fight some skeletons. That would have been great. Well, I oh, wanted little skeletons. I <laughs> so badly wanted Embeth Davis to come back, yeah. who was uh, uh, Sheila in Army of Darkness, and yeah. maybe she was the leader of these she knights. She should have been Ruby, I think. Or I think even, she should have been Ruby, or she should have been the other one, Kai, or the other one, something yeah. like they. They could have had some more callbacks there. Yeah, because the Cheryl connection, I think, is one of the strongest I parts agree. of the show. Is yeah. like having his sister come back and mm-hmm. played by the same woman and Ellen Sandweiss. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, she so was great. Good. And if you and then yeah. teasing Cheryl for that for the whole beginning part yeah. of the season, that was Cheryl good was like my favorite character in the whole series. Yeah, and I was a little bit disappointed by her comeback. I think just because there wasn't more of like an emotional. Because one thing that bothered me was that Ash treated death so flippantly, mm-hmm. and that he never stopped to be sad for anybody. In like the cop lady from the first season or Cheryl I think like another couple beats of him being like oh Linda and my sister it's so sad because the part I season three that I liked was when he gave the necklace to his daughter Mm -hmm. because it's stupid Mm -hmm. and it's like over the top but it's also like uh, it was emotional yeah it's a nice callback too yeah Yeah, there's like a a couple good character shifts that like happen like I I like when him and his dad bond when he's a ghost yeah I like that part too <laughs> but there's also like there's a little bit of bonding that happens while he's still alive yeah that I like once his dad realizes that like oh you, you're actually saving people for and like, like the 30 seconds hero. before he gets hit by a yes. Yes. <laughs> yes so like that moment like yeah. is a genuinely like heartwarming moment when he he's like proud of my son's a hero yeah. <laughs> uh, I loved that's probably my best laugh in this whole thing is right after <laughs> the father the uh, he kills the deadite in the bathroom and his father runs walks out and or no somebody sees him and they run out saying Ashley Slash is back <laughs> and 
Ash walks out with Amber's head and like, don't worry, everything's fine. <laughs> and everybody just <laughs> screams and runs. Yeah. And then he realizes like, oh shit. <laughs> like, I, I, oh God, when that happened, I did laugh for quite a while. And then it's funny because you guys all laughed when his father got killed. Yeah. And I was just like, oh my God. It was so it, obvious it was going to yeah, happen. But it's because he's building up to that. And he walks out in the middle of like, the road. I have the most important thing <laughs> yeah. ever to tell yeah. you. It'll change everything. <laughs> and then immediately hit by the possessed car. His brain comes out yeah. Uh, yeah that was a good chuckle I also yeah. loved his his scream to the heavens which came out as ah! <laughs> it's like it was so good yeah. Uh, yeah I mean in terms of how this fits into Evil Dead much like all of the Evil Deads the continuity does not line up uh, which like again they had the opportunity yeah they, they had a lot of opportunity so much like I was I, I was hoping when they went back to the cabin the first time and like back in time or whatever that it was going to be uh, that somehow I don't know if they had the budget for this to like work in the original characters yeah. from the original movie. Yeah, that, that was, was also the plan. In was the, it? At the uh, end of season okay. two, the plan was he was going to go back and team up with Young Ash. Yes, I thought for sure the Baby yeah. Ash would come out as Young Ash in the third season. The oh. evil Baby Ash. That yeah, he does cool just too. skip straight to old. Ash. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, because we well, get childlured for a little bit and then immediately old. adult. Yeah. Yeah. I guess they don't have the effects budget to youngify Bruce no. Campbell. No, um, but but like there there could have been a lot there to draw it together. Mm-hmm. There wasn't. I feel like it exists as its own thing almost because again, this is like, this is not the same character. And if you wanted to play it off as like you said about like some sort of PTSD, they didn't, Mm -hmm. um, they, they allude to it a couple of times early on. They're trying to make it seem like that's what it is. Well, then they bring it back up with Chet as well. Sort of. Well, Chet has PTSD. Yeah. Chet has some some serious, you know, but like, I don't know. I, it can stand on its own mm-hmm. and it can act as a kind of a sequel. But I don't know. Very good. Well, I, I, I don't know what I was going to say. So you go ahead. Oh, <laughs> I'll say, I don't need, like, I don't know that it can stand on its own though, because like yeah. watching it a lot, I recognize that a lot of the things that I found enjoyment from are because I had that knowledge mm, of yeah. watching all of the other stuff. And I feel like this is a very, it's a very like strong series that plays into like fan service, right? Like yeah. there's a lot of fan service in here, not just for the Evil Dead series as a whole, but of Bruce Campbell. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Good That's point. what I was going to say. His character is not Ash. Yeah. No. It's like his character, character played is the, in Burn Notice. You ever seen char- Burn Notice? Yeah. But yeah. It, it's that thing. It's like, it's what Bruce Campbell has become mm-hmm. to Evil Dead yeah. fans. Like it's, he has a persona that he carries in public that he never was in any of the films. No. It's but a caricature. Yeah. His, yeah, yeah. his books and other things he pops up in. He's a, he's a weird personality and this is just that Bruce Campbell playing Ash. Yeah. Right. Uh, there's uh, the movie that I think he directed called They Call Me Bruce yeah. or yes. something like my that. Name is my, my name, name is Bruce. Bruce. Yeah. Yeah. No, They Call Me Bruce is an 80s movie. Never mind. My Name is Bruce is where there's an actual like zombie attack and people go, oh, Bruce Campbell can save us. My Name is Bruce. Yes. Yeah. Uh, no, it's not even a zombie attack. It's like some Asian flu or something. No, it's a, it's a Asian god. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Um, but the that is who he's playing. Yeah. In yeah. this. It's like an exaggerated version playing of that. Comic-Con Ash. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, which I, I like I didn't have a problem with, but I understand why people would like I, I, I found it funny and uh, yeah, but I don't know. It's so weird. Like every 
Evil Dead movie is so different from the preceding Evil mm-hmm. Dead movie and doesn't line up yeah. correctly. Yeah. So in that way, it does fit in perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of does. Yeah. yeah. It, it, as much as we talked about like parts of it that bug us and stuff, none of it was I ever watching and going like, oh, this doesn't feel like Evil Dead. Mm. Like it all pretty much felt like Evil Dead to me. It even came though, from the same universe. Yeah. That's almost, that's almost like the charm of Evil Dead, I think. And that like- I agree. Anything can fit into it. <laughs> yeah, if you right, got like, the guy with the chainsaw and an evil book, you're good. And some fog machines. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think I think the fun of it, like you said, fan service, but I do think that the enjoyment comes out of seeing the old ones because a lot of the fun of it is seeing that pattern or that series of events applied to different locations. And I feel like if you don't have the framework of at least Evil Dead 2, mm-hmm. that won't come across exactly but Rachel watched some of them with me which I thought she wouldn't do because she doesn't like zombies but they were deadites are far enough away from zombies <laughs> apparently but it was okay deadites are just creepy looking clowns yeah They're... so and 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 I think that she enjoyed watching the ways that he would come up with to murder them horribly <laughs> so maybe it does maybe it is for everybody it's for the whole family no no yeah, <laughs> not for the whole family yeah, there's a sperm bank scene that I. That was oh so God. stupid. I, I hated, hated that, that episode. I feel like they see a lot of people really liked the the morgue scene. Yeah, and these people. And I, I like the morgue scene. Yeah. 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 Me and Sam. <laughs> it was yeah. funny. I thought it was hilarious. In the guy's butt, and he was and he was really upset. He was scared of being in the butt. Yeah, and it was when he was running around. Yeah, it was one of those like there's a handful of moments in the show that like uh, I hadn't I talked to these guys about this off mic but just like blood and gore does very little for me it doesn't gross me out it doesn't excite me it just bores me when there's too much happening it feels it just bores me and it that moment in particular was one of those things where I'm like oh I can feel the person in the room going you know it'd be funny. He was right, though. And but there's nothing me, funnier to me than at the end of an Evil Dead scene when somebody's covered in goo and they're just like, well, it happened well, again. And I'm okay with some of that because like, they can use it in good storytelling moments. Like, There's a very sweet moment in the third season when uh, Brandy kills someone and then Ash is killing someone and they both look at each other and their faces are like similarly covered <laughs> yeah. in blood. And it's just kind of that like bonding moment of like, oh. Like, I think he says, I've never been prouder. Yeah. 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 And but, then also there's a sweet moment in season three when he's like, do you think I want to do this my whole life? Do you think I want to spend every day covered in blood? Yeah. I like that too. No, yeah. I, I like that. But I, also I don't like, like the, the poop, the, the, his You're not a big butt. poop fan in general though. No, not at all. <laughs> well, neither am I, but I, I like that scene and I like, I like the aftermath when she, when she says something about what are we going to do with the asshole? And he says, don't ever say the words ass or hole to me ever again. <laughs> and or then, really. or then later when they're driving the car and says, your car smells like shit. Well, guess what? It's not the car. It's all me. Like, yeah. I love that. I thought, that was just fucking unexpected and funny. I I I, I had a good time with it. it. Was, for me, it was much like the band scene in that if it had been like a third of the length mm-hmm. as the scene was, I maybe could have tolerated it a bit more. Uh, it goes on for so long. I think it was drawn out to a perfect. I agree. I, like, <laughs> I enjoyed that. I yeah. So, but then they tried to like recapture that with the sperm bank. Yeah, and, and it, it was just lazy. It and was. Weird. I also had that secondhand embarrassment yeah. for that and for the band scene where I was like, "Oh, this, this is working. not working." Sperm bank scene was very Conce- bad. I think I liked that one less than the the band yeah. scene. Yeah, conceptually, they could have done something with that. But it was just lazy or something. Yeah, it was lazy, <clears throat> yeah. which is how I would describe all of the third season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is lazy. So, yeah. 
Okay, well, uh, normally what we do here is talk about how we would fix this. This is a little more complicated because this is an overall. So I'd like us to just focus on one thing uh, as we go in. So just like, what is one thing that you would do to fix this? For me, it would be not get rid of your showrunner. I think he was doing a really good job. Yeah. And uh, even if you didn't agree with all of his decisions, they were working. You had a growing fan base and then <laughs> it just yeah. went down um, so that maybe season three would have been salvageable and you might got might have gotten a season four or season five even yeah. out of that. So that's that is my one fix. Matt, what do you think? Um, ugh. One fix. That, <laughs> again, it would take a lot to get to this. I think eh, maybe not. Um, but it, I think would set me up. For even if they're not going to do a, like even if they weren't planning on a season four, if they were planning on this being the cancellation, it would have left a better taste in my mouth at the end of the series. And you can do pretty much um, like literally you can end everything else in the exact same way. But after the big beast falls on Ash and we are supposed to assume he's dead for a second uh, and then we cut to him like in a cryo chamber thing, I want him walking out of there. And who does he see? He sees Brandy, Kelly, and Pablo in like mech gear or like Mad Max style gear. And they're like waking him up and being like, Dad, we need you. Yeah. And it's like the fight is not over. Like we in like a weird Austin Powers demolition man kind of thing of like we kept you in there as long as we could. But now we need to take you out because we need your help. Mm -hmm. And I like rather than some random robot lady at the end who we've never seen this. She only exists so that Ash can check her out, and we know it's the future. Yeah. Um, But I think having them show up, like they've been fighting for a hundred, not a hundred years, obviously they wouldn't be alive, but 20 years or something, and they've just been through hell, and they need his help now. Mm -hmm. Like that's, I I, would have been fine with the series ending that way. I agree, actually. Just that small tweak, even though I didn't like season three. Yeah. Like, at least then I would have been like, okay, my character's been fighting. Yeah, like, have him wake up in the the cryo chamber, walk into that weird cave, and he's like, what the fuck is happening? And then his car, all Mad Maxed up, pulls up, and they hop out of it. Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. Marianne? Scrap season three, Mm -hmm. and use the time travel thing to actually do what I said you should do, and, like, we rework everything, and then, like, leave it at, like, okay, you're back at a reality that is completely different from what you anticipated i wouldn't say like go far into the future into this like crazy scape but maybe like something is different or actually no i just had a better idea sorry (laughs) (laughs) so do the time travel thing and actually mess with it and then have like because at the very very end of season two there's a hand that like picks up the book Mm -hmm. i would say instead of that like instead of it being like a what random woman who goes into like an antique shop or an antique road show and reads from the book it goes into the uh, retcon. What's it called? Um, the reboot. Oh. Of Evil Dead. Yeah, that would have been great. Oh. That's my suggestion. I'm done. That's it. I'm done. Also, recast Ball as Kevin Sorbo for fan service. What, that, that makes so much sense, too. I like that too. idea a Okay, lot that's too. awesome. <laughs> but that makes so much sense because then it would be like Ash was the one who came down and put all the chain, like all the, the wire up and was like, don't read this book in the new movie. Right? Oh my God! Uh, I haven't even seen the new oh movie. Oh my God! I like that idea though yeah. of like connecting, and you don't even need to like make it explicitly clear. Like you could just like hint at it, and it's enough for people. Yeah, yeah. like stick the actress oh in. My like God. yeah, like have her like up. We see that like girl pick up the book, but then we cut to who it is, and it's like the girl from Evil Dead movie, and it's like oh shit. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. That's that's it, and that's the end of the series. Yes. My, my mind is a balloon. Also, Kevin Sorbo would also be Kevin great. Sorbo. I want to yeah. see that version a lot because I didn't yeah. really like the guy who played the guy Ball. Because like, the then guy. you have Hercules and Xena. Yeah. Because yeah. disgruntled exes. Look, that would have been beautiful. We just got I appreciate like, discounted that, Tim Robbins I'm gonna, instead. I'm going to say I actually like that guy. but I, uh, you I just really like Kevin Sorbo. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. I mean, Kevin Sorbo would have been a worse actor. Yes. <laughs> but maybe that's better? Yeah. I don't know. Sam. How would you fix this? It was really good, by the way. Yeah, I yeah. agree with what everybody else said so far. I think that I would have liked to see an emotional arc that took Ash from the scuzzball that he turned into because of how horrible everything was back into who he was at the beginning of the show or beginning of the first movie, kind of, or like that person that he was, mm-hmm. which happened, but only in the last episode. So I would have liked to seen him like drop off the aspects of his character that were more negative quicker than he did because mm-hmm. it just kind of got to be like, a really lazy well to go back to over and over again. That's fair. And make Ruby into that girl from the woman from Army of Darkness, who's evil now because for reasons. And then she turns nice again, so it's okay. <laughs> I think we should combine our two ideas. And I think we should combine good. all the ideas. Yeah, I think you yeah. could kind of combine almost all of these. Yeah. But then Kevin Sorbo wouldn't make sense. Yeah, but then Kevin Sorbo wouldn't be in there. If you're playing Ruby. Else. Yeah. Okay, fine. Yeah, he could still. She could have had. She <laughs> had a whole life idea. outside of Ash. <laughs> yeah. So. Well. The only fun part about Kevin Sorbo is the Hercules and Xena uh, thing. I did like, oh, I did like, what, what's her name in it? Well, Ruby I love it. Lucy Lawless. Yeah, like, she I, was pretty cool. I absolutely, she's probably my favorite part of the whole series is I just really like she her. She seems sad in season three. Well, but. yeah, everyone did because everybody <laughs> yeah. was sad. But like, I really like her as an actor yeah. and she makes everything she's in better. So, so there. Um, all right. Well, it's time to rate this thing. I rate all of these things based on categories like Storm. So a category one, eh, that's not too bad. Maybe it's even a little bit of fun. And uh, category five could really harm you. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go with a one. I, there are definitely, season three is what's making it a one and not a zero. Mm-hmm. Season three is a disaster. Yeah. Um, and it's a weird disaster. I don't understand. Like, it just feels like everybody gave up. Um, which is just a shame because I think they were doing well, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's a one. I will watch this again many times, uh, especially seasons one and two. I will probably never watch season three again, mm-hmm. <laughs> even though I own it now. Uh, <laughs> I, I will watch seasons one and two again. It's comfort food to me. There is something I really, really enjoy about those two seasons. Matt. Uh, so my rating system is the possessed mushroom puppet scale of enjoyment out of five. Uh, <laughs> it takes so much to explain every time. It's just a star rating, but with mushroom puppets. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yep. Indeed. That's what happens when you're on the first episode of this podcast. Uh, so, I mean, there was things I loved throughout the series. Like, I love the cabin recreation. Just, like, going back to the old mm-hmm. movies. Like, it felt good God, the production design for this whole series was yeah great. like yeah. i felt like we were in that cabin i didn't feel like it was just the set of a cabin yeah um and i like weirdly something about the third season that i like a lot is brandy and kelly together they yeah. have some mm-hmm. scenes together when they're in the trailer just like hanging out where i was like give me this show mm-hmm. like i just want the two of them to go kick some ass together because kelly is acting like a perfect awesome big sister to brandy yeah um and then I'm going to use a weird example here, but the thing that brings down the rating for me is the sort of sloppiness of a lot of this. And we've talked about a bunch of examples. The one example we haven't talked about that upset me 
more than anyone else in this room it would upset is a wrestling reference I was uh, wondering about yeah. that is he like Kane nope okay <laughs> <laughs> so this is like one of the last two episodes and Pablo is trying to explain his oneness with the book of like he's connected to the deadites or whatever and he basically says uh, well, I have it. I I put it down on my notes because I wanted to get the wording right. I'm so glad that you were on this episode because like nobody else would have caught this. <laughs> no, and no. it's such. Well, one, I'm sure for you guys, it also just feels like a weird moment because I thought of you immediately. But it's a really weird moment because they reference like two other times throughout the series that they watch Monday Night Raw together. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, but it's just right. offhand comments of like, "You're gonna come over and watch Raw tonight." And then, like, reference it in the second season for something. This is in the middle of, like, one of the most tense scenes ever. Like, they're getting ready to go fight, like, the main baddies. And uh, Pablo says, there's something about my Brujo abilities. Evil sees me as one of them. And it's like, okay, that checks out. And Ash's response is, so you're like Kane. And he's like, that's what I was thinking. And both the audience and Brandy are confused. They're like, Kane and Ash says Kane WWE wrestler half good half bad keep up the problem with that is one it's really bad writing mm-hmm. like just ham fisting that reference yeah, in there yeah it really is and two that is not at all part of Kane's personality <laughs> like there is no part of him other than if you were watching like a small section of time in like 1998 could you say that his character was like a half good half bad guy this character isn't even on TV that much anymore he hasn't wrestled full time in like five years so the idea that they're calling a reference to this wrestler makes zero sense and also the reference doesn't even make sense with his character in wrestling (laughs) and I, I just it makes it's really really lazy and I think that's my biggest problem is that this is a prime example of the laziness throughout most of the third season and other parts of the show hmm. especially because when Pablo has the like skin mask on he looks just like he Kane. looks a lot like Kane yeah he looks just like Kane and they don't reference it at all uh-uh. in that part like in that you could have Ash say hey you look like Kane <laughs> and then Pablo attacks him or something yeah that would work this part doesn't and so those that's so weird it's like it's so <laughs> weird and I I paused it and watched it again to be like was there more build up to that <laughs> no Okay, doesn't make any sense at all. It's really weird. Um, And so, yeah, so the good and the bad balances out to a nice three out of five possessed mushroom puppets. Wow, okay. It's pretty good. I really enjoyed some moments of this a lot. And then... Like the car. The -hmm. car was so Mm -hmm. good and the cabin stuff and certain pieces of the Brandy storyline. There was some heartwarming things in there that overall season three is a mess, but Hmm. I did like the seeds that were planted. Yeah. Right. Sam. Uh, okay, my scale is the European toilet scale. So you push the big button if it's a poop flush. You push the little button if it's a pee flush. And you push them until the movie goes down the toilet. I'm going to give this one one pee flush because I enjoyed it. And I could see myself watching it again. But I could also see myself completely forgetting that it exists. <laughs> <laughs> so it can't go on the shelf of memories. No. But it was fun. And thinking about thinking back on the good ep- the good seasons makes me smile and that's all i right? can ask for isn't that yeah. weird like cuz that yeah. third season leaves you so cold yeah it's a very bad bum note for the whole series like the whole movies and everything and it's a big bummer that it sucks so bad yeah but the stuff that was good was like legitimately really good 
So one P flush for you, Ash versus Evil Dead. Also, the name I don't really like that much either. I don't really get it. Well, also I think this came out first, but then there was also that John C. McGinley show, Stand Against Evil. Yeah, that came out right around the same time. It's about very similar. It's still out. It's still going. Oh wow, really? Yeah. Yeah, and I understand (laughs) it's quite good. But yeah, yeah, it's like okay, so you have this like fifty-year-old dude fighting monsters on a weekly basis. I was like, that's the same show with the same name. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> it's like a thesaurus different version yeah it's like yeah. a deep impact Versus. armageddon yeah like. <laughs> oh my god huh. oh well now i kind of want to watch that anyway marianne how much tea did you make w- with with oh this god. like this hundreds a of 55 gallon drum of tea <laughs> so to explain my rating system uh i use screeching tea kettles to represent uh basically how i watch tv which is if i get annoyed or bored or upset i like get up and distract myself on purpose and the worst of this is making tea because it screeches and all that other fun stuff um okay so i do tend to rate things with a combination of how long a thing is along with my enjoyment so it's going to be really high right (laughs) this one uh it has 24 kettles (laughs) Wow. It's like Almost as many as there are episode. episodes. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. So it's seven for between episodes or for each episode for each season one and two. Okay. And then season three gets 10. Oh. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's, that's that makes fair. Sense. Yeah. And then I. Every episode gets a tea kettle. Ish. Yeah. Yeah. In, oh, yeah. In, in season three, yes. In season every three. Every season. Yeah. Every episode gets one. Um, And then I also did a little extra math just to be safe. <laughs> and. We appreciate it. You're welcome. So I did math. And, okay, so the Evil Dead movies, including Army of Darkness, um, I gave it, I think, a total of about 11 kettles for four and a half hours of content, which is an average of one per 24 minutes. Mm. Whoa. But Ash versus Evil Dead, because I thought it was a little more fun and it was a little more of a romp, and there were like a couple of really good threads in there that didn't pay off, but whatever, it averages uh, one kettle per 37 minutes. So it gets a little just extra. A little just edges yeah, it better. out. Just a little, a little bit. Oh, I like that. Yeah. yeah okay. You did a lot yeah. of work. Yeah. yeah. Sam flushed the toilet. <laughs> you did math. I did math. Yeah. Just to make sure. I counted to one. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I am. I'm. I made this bed, so now I have to lie. Down. <laughs> so. We're all stuck with our with our with our systems. Yeah, I think math. so. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it just takes so long to explain, and it still don't even explain the full thing every time. It's fine. You Sam say. has to explain his every time. Yeah. Yeah. Why? All you have so, to do yeah, is everybody say has to explain theirs. Star rating system, except it's mushroom puppets. That's yeah. what I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Now, finally, we need to do a segment called Real Good, where we recommend something that uh, either is better than this thing, or is you know, like if you liked this, go see this. Uh, Marianne, what would you recommend that is real good? Ooh, okay. So what I have for real good is what I've been thinking about since I first decided that I was going to join in on this evil dead brigade. Oh. I saved it for this and I was so happy I did. So I'm going to recommend the TV show iZombie hmm. because I love it so much <laughs> and I think it does a really good job of like messing with the zombie tropes. Um, I think the actors are amazing. The main character, uh, I, th- I think the actress is Rose MacGyver, I want to say. And she does such a good job of like, so she p- portrays a zombie that has to eat, obviously has to eat brains in order to survive and not go crazy and full zombie. So she works at a morgue and she eats a dead people's brains 
that are already dead, so it's fine, ethically, <laughs> I guess. But then she becomes, like, she gains parts of their personalities, so it ends up being a little bit of a character study and also, like, a deep dive into different personalities that I really enjoy and I love, and also it has really good pop culture references. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Cool. Yeah. All right. Sam, what's your real good? My real good is probably one that a lot of people have seen before, but I just saw Texas Chainsaw Massacre for the first time, the old one, mm. and it was not the movie that I thought it was going to be. It was like amazingly well made and beautifully shot and the acting in it is it's like kind of incredible especially the villain acting and it just is like this totally grueling devolving into madness movie that is really brutal and just like kind of artistic in a way though and kind of like you feel bad for some of the the bad characters and you're just like what what is going on this whole movie and uh, I loved it it was one, it's probably one of my favorite movies ever now. Well, this is, you texted me after you saw it. I didn't because I saw it at five o'clock in the morning at a 24-hour movie marathon. So I waited till the next day. <laughs> it, correct. Yeah. <laughs> it was nice still you. after you saw Respectfully it. Respectfully after. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it was a shock to me because you and I had gotten into a mini argument about Texas Chainsaw 2. Which I also love that movie yeah. a ton. But do you understand like yes. my... like? Yes. I thought it was like an Evil Dead situation, and this is maybe what made me think of it, where the first one is kind of a rough version, and then the second one is kind of like a tongue-in-cheek but more competently made version, mm-hmm. but it's not like that. The no. first one is more competently made yes. by far than the second one, and... It was like it was an incredible experience. So. I used to teach that film. I used to teach Texas Chainsaw, and it is a surprisingly deep film yeah. when you start to break I've it down. I've had the same assumptions about it. I don't think I've seen any oh. Texas Chainsaw Massacre besides like the twenty, it's like good. the 2006 version or whatever mm-hmm. that was. Yeah, the one with Jessica Biel. I yeah, that one. That's, that's the only, that's one, the only I've one I've seen. seen of the series. And so I had the same assumptions that like the first ones were really, really rough and not good. Nope. It's great. The it's first one's even, an incredible film. Yeah. Uh, not even really like gory or anything. It's just creepy. I'll loan it to you. Okay, great. Um, it's it, No, it's really good. Uh, actually, I don't hate the Jessica Biel one. It's, it's a lot more flashy. Um, and uh, it's a Jerry Bruckheimer production, I think. Mm. Um, and it is a, uh, it's a, it's a, it, it's, it's much more of an adrenaline movie. And, and what's weird though is what's weird about it though. What's weird. What <laughs> are you breaking? I've had a long day. You guys, <laughs> what's weird about that movie is it's the same cinematographer as the first Texas Chainsaw. Whoa, whoa. Yeah. That's, whoa, that's weird. weird. That is weird. So the 1974 Texas Chainsaw, which was made with three lights um, and a 16 oh. millimeter camera. Yeah. It and like 30 years like later, it. they were like, hey, can you do that again, please? And But it looks incredible. It's one of the best looking films. The new one? The, the 2006 one. Oh, okay. It's a, it's, but it is slick. Yeah. So it's 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 different, but it I I found oh. that funny. Daniel Pearl uh, was the cinematographer on I'd both of those. I'd say there's parts of the old one that are almost. Oh slick no, too. they're it's a beautiful film, but it is so different. Like yeah. when you look at those two things. So yeah. anyway, I'm glad you good. got to see it. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Good Matt. Halloween movie. It is. Mm-hmm. It's very yeah. Good this is part of the spooktacular. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. we're part of the spooktacular. Ooh, yeah, we're spooky. I, I, we, be scared. <laughs> <laughs> it's this. This actually is in relationship is to this podcast studio. Actually, stretchy. <laughs> or um, Sam came up with uh, a rating system which I, I would love to use more, which is this a hooter poot. So we are in the spooktacular. Uh, this <laughs> I month, not, I thought you were just saying it wrong the whole yeah, time. Yeah, no. I was like, does he know he's saying that? No, <laughs> I, I like either spoop or spook. I'm no, spoot, because it's a poot. Hooter poot. Okay. 
Hoots and owl owls are spooky Halloween guys. And then so a poot okay. is poop. Yeah, and a poot is a fart. Fine, Halloween poop pootacular. No, that's you no, have to say spoot. Spoot-tacular. Spoop. No, it was perfect yeah, as it was. Spoopy is a real thing. I know, but this is my own thing. <laughs> okay. I'm trying to make my own thing happen here, Marianne. Come on, SEO. We got to brand this stuff. Yeah, <laughs> make the T-shirts. Hashtag spoot-tacular. There you go, um, Matt. <laughs> What's your real good? Uh, as usual, my real good's not that great. Um, but it's shorter because it's a movie, so you can devote less time to it. Uh, but it's another Bruce Campbell joint. It's a film where Bruce Campbell plays an elderly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Just an elderly. Nick knows where I'm going. I know where you're uh, going with he this. He plays an elderly Elvis Presley who is still alive and living in a nursing home with his friend Black JFK, yep. uh, who is not dead. Uh, and has been dyed that color so that they can cover the conspiracy, played by Ozzie Davis. Wonderfully played by Ozzie Davis. ridiculous, and it's amazing. Uh, it's a film called Bubba Hotep, and the two of them team up to fight a mummy zombie um, that is coming and terrorizing the nursing home by sucking the elderly souls out through their buttholes. Oh dear, I didn't know the last part of that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I kind of forgot it until I was talking about it and then I was like, oh yeah, that happens. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it's not a great film. I have not watched it in a very long time, so I can't tell you how it holds up, but it is uh, something it's to watch st- Bruce Campbell in besides yeah. the Evil Dead series. Hmm. It's a strangely sad film, actually. It yeah. really is, because it tells that. like, the backstory of why Elvis is like in this nursing home and like why he's still alive and se- has to be in secret and all this stuff. And it's like not necessary to the overall plot of the movie. Yeah. But it is in there and it's, is a little sad. Yeah. Like there, there's a lot going on there to said, like the nursing home location itself is very sad. Yes. But it this... feels like the asylum in Ash vs. Evil Dead. Like everything's just grimy and wet mm-hmm. for some reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's made by the same guy who did a lot of the Phantasm movies. Mm-hmm. Maybe, oh. Perhaps all of them. I'm not. Yeah. Oh, Don Man... name... Mancini? De- Mancini? David. David. Sarah. De- <laughs> <laughs> I know who you're talking Laura about. Laura Dern. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so my real good is going to be something that we already talked about in this episode, which is going to be, uh, the, one of the very few chosen one or prophesied, uh, things that I like, which is angel, the series. And it fits in a lot with what Matt suggested that a lot of it is no good. Uh, season one in particular is a gigantic piece of crap. Uh, that has exactly two good episodes out of 22. Uh, that the, the rest of those episodes are just god-awful. But there are two good episodes. And then in season two, it becomes great. Mm-hmm. Season three, it becomes fucking weird. Season four, it gets weirder. And a lot of people get fractured off there. Then the end of season five, the, the series finale of Angel is, I think, the the best series finale I've ever seen. Like, it is incredible and it hits a theme in a way that like the whole the whole series was about xyz and man they just hit xyz with like the last moments of that um series finale and it's just great so if you can power through it i think it's some good stuff Ugh, season one's very bad though oh it's so bad it's make a lot of tea kettles yeah yeah i already watched it so i don't have to watch it again yeah, <laughs> perfect so uh all right that's going to wrap up our second episode of our spooktacular for this halloween next uh week we are going to be doing an actual halloween movie halloween three Hell yeah. season of the witch 
Um, it's the only one I've seen. Our heads are going to turn true. into bugs. No, I've seen the first one. Oh, yeah, no, our heads are going to turn into bugs and rattlesnakes. And um, a bunch of other stuff, too. Yeah. Rats, maybe. Lots. I do not remember. I'm the only person in this room who has not seen this movie, and I'm very confused. <laughs> it's, it's weird. It's weird, man. Uh, so, yeah, so tune in for that. Okay, well, thank you guys for doing this episode with me. I really appreciate it, because it was a lot of content. And th- we got through the whole thing. We're done. We're done. I'm for so now. Happy. For now. I still maintain that I'm the second winner of uh, the series of content things well, but I'm definitely not the loser oh god no I wouldn't want to watch the immortal people movie oh the Highlander oh, movie, yeah, Highlander no, movie. Matt, got, Matt got Matt got stuck with to go. both of them yeah. <laughs> That one sounds real rough. It's pretty rough. It's a, when, you're, when you're a series regular like me here on Real Bad, <laughs> you get stuck with all the bad stuff. You miss Carnosaur, but you get all a Highlander. Carnosaur was not good, my yeah. friend. I enjoyed Carnosaur. It's only one Come movie, on. though. Anyway, <laughs> thank you guys for doing this. It's been a real treat. I enjoyed watching all of these and talking about them with you. Matt, where can people find you and tell us about your podcast? Uh, you can find me on the internet at Matthew Gatos. You can find my podcast, uh, I Love It, anywhere podcasts are and the most recent episode is about horror movies because we're also doing a spooky month this with Uh, byron yeah byron mccoy of fright day fame uh so yeah he and i talked in the parking lot after you recorded that for a long time (laughs) yeah they they they're both the two melding brains i'm sure byron will be on this podcast at some point because you two could talk about horror movies forever yeah well he and Uh, i are going to talk about one of my favorite uh horror movies possibly on his podcast nice well the the episode with byron gets weirdly deep when we're talking about horror movies so enjoy sweet Sam tell us about you and your podcast hey I'm on a podcast called Real Love where me and my girlfriend make each other watch a movie every week you know what we've been not doing it every week lately because we've been on vacation but we're going to do a spooky month too about the horror movie marathon that we just went to Um, so we'll talk about Texas Chainsaw no no she slept through that one we'll talk about the movie she didn't sleep through Uh, and uh, then we're going to talk about some of our favorite horror movies like Hocus Pocus that's not a horror movie. Yes, it is. It's scary about witches. <laughs> There's a zombie in it. Well, it is a sp- yeah. it's a spoopy movie. Yeah, I love it. Okay. It's, it's also one of my favorite movies. That was back when I had this really adorable crush on Sarah Jessica Parker. She's great in that movie. She is yeah. fantastic. Even when she's movie. creepy at Old Witch. All she's of still the witches great. are wonderful in yeah. that yeah. movie. Yeah. It's a hell of a flick. Where can they find real love? Oh, yeah, on the on the internet. <laughs> Search real love, R-E-L love on pod catchers. Is that what they call them? Mm-hmm. And, you can, uh, and you can find it and subscribe. Excellent. Yeah. Marianne, where can people find you? I don't have a podcast. You're on a bunch of them, though. Everybody has a podcast. No, I'm just on this one, and then maybe one day I will be on... uh, I love it. You were on Snark Squad. One time, yes. 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 Look out for Marianne's episode of I Love It in mid-November. Yep. (laughs) She's an up-and-coming podcast star, so... (laughs) I just guest on other people's podcasts. Well, I appreciate you coming onto my podcast. Jay Leno was a guest host of of whatever, some old guy show. You could be the Jay Leno of podcasts. (laughs) Yeah. Pass. (laughs) (laughs) Pass. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a lot of cars and he's very rich. <laughs> so, you're Fair. lost. <laughs> um, but I am on the social medias sometimes when I feel like it uh, at Silva. Excellent. Real Bad is part of the Cage Club Podcast Network. You can go to cageclub.me to check out more of our podcast friends like Winona Forever. Or uh, you can check me out on a recent episode of Watch the Theron where we talk about Gringo, which is a movie that is not 
good or bad, but some parts of it are bad. But yeah, anyway, we had a fun discussion about that. So uh, definitely go and check that out. And uh, if you would like to, you can go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash realbadpod. Check out some of the tiers where you can get commentaries from me and hopefully other guests on the show at some point. But for right now, it's just going to be me. Um, And you can also suggest movies for us to watch and vote on those movies as well. And so, like I said, next week, we're continuing the spooktacular. Until then, this has been Real Bad. Ow.